Welcome to Bill Win Game Episode 8. On Tabletop, we discuss gaming etiquette, we review Lugong and Tokaido, and we go over our top 10 drafting games. We are your hosts. Aaron Schmidt. Ryan Gast. Tim Stearns. So, a little gaming etiquette. Yep. What's I don't a, know where to go from there. Where is it, what's it mean to you? <clears throat> what does it mean to me? Yeah. Well, it could be taken a few ways. So, is it how do you act outside of the actual game itself you know maybe you don't have food on the table you know stuff like that how seriously you take the atmosphere right or are we looking at you know how do you treat others in game like do you meta game a little bit like or you know say if someone betrayed you in a prior game are you going to go back and stab them in the back in a different game holding grudges holding grudges or uh, you know, king-making, I don't know if you'd consider that gaming etiquette or not. Hmm. I think there's uh, only one way to take it. You combine all those and that's gaming <laughs> etiquette. See, I threw a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> I look at it and I think how you take care of your games as well. Or oh, yeah. what, you know, someone else's rules. You're at their table. You're abiding those, right? That's part of etiquette. Yeah, but how how strict do you get with your games, though? Me, not terrible. I just don't let... You know, I prefer not to have drinks and food directly on the table uh, at my place. I got a felt top table too, though, and little mm. crumbs they tend to get right in there. They always have like side tables. You know, yeah, I provide them that. Every house that we do play at, we have tray tables. The tray tables, yeah. so we don't, you know, do that. You know, sometimes there's might be a a drink or something on there, but you know, usually, usually it's pretty. As long as they got like a cat, a bottle of the cat, not an open lid or a glass, you know, type thing. It always makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. especially I see, I see some pictures and like someone's playing a game and like in the middle of the table they got like this big yeah. giant, oh, like, like a, a big ring or something, bowl, like in the middle of the drink, table, like yeah. just a glass, there, a glass like, of ice. And... I'm like nervous just looking at the picture. Yeah, and I mean, depends on the accidents happen, but some people are more yeah. accident prone. Yeah, so. we, got, we, got, we got a guy like that in our group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, food and drinks don't bother me. Typically, like we said, we just have them on next to the table yeah. that we're gaming on. We just we'll wipe your off, fingers down. Of yeah, as long as you're not getting chicken sauce or like wing sauce, you <laughs> yeah. know, you're just sitting there right, and then rubbing the cards, getting the grease all over the place. Yeah, I mean, we typically, on game days, though, game for like, 10 12 hours straight and you can't just expect people to not to eat yeah. at your table <laughs> so that, that's why you provide them with those could take a lunch break yeah but then you're not playing games i know <laughs> yeah it is tough because i know sometimes we'd go get buffalo wild wings or we'd get something to eat and it's like i don't want to drive and get it because that's taken away that's a game we could be playing <laughs> yeah. on that time. right yeah it's a number of different things like something for me and you guys if there's anything that you're working on to improve your gaming etiquette but for me, I'm working on learning rules for games. Still not doing great. <laughs> when, but, when other people teach you that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that style. Okay. So for me, it's hard for me to pay attention after about 10 minutes. It's shorter than that. It just, well, you're not very engaging when you're explaining the rules. So that's on you as well. <laughs> oh, that's my fault. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I'm working on it. I didn't say I was great, but... You are the one that I'm probably the worst at, because like when you're explaining it, I just you start talking. I just get bored. Yeah, you're. I mean, you know, it, it's one thing if it depends the other people that are around the table that's, though, because there's one other guy that when he's there, and then we kind of feed off each other. But if he's not yeah. there, then I'm typically more quiet learning it. 
and I'll ask questions or something like it's you're the best when you and I are playing a two player game. Well, that yeah, because you can't talk else to distracting, <laughs> distracting, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, if you got questions during, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's super frustrating when you're trying to teach. Oh yeah, and someone's <clears throat> having like a side conversation. There's been a few times where I've gotten to the point where I just talk over you guys <laughs> yeah. because it's like why? I mean, just rain, just rain us back in too. Just say, hey, come on, let's sit up, let's go. Yeah, you know, just, that doesn't always work with you guys. <laughs> yeah, it can go either way. Sometimes we could we could shut up, or we're just gonna get more. And, and then rowdy. it just it escalates. Yeah. Well, one thing that I got, I guess, on that line of what I could be better at is when I already know the game. And Ryan, you're teaching. Oh, it. I hate that. And I'll be like, someone... "Did you forget about?" And he's like, "I'm gonna get to it." <laughs> yeah. And so after a while, I'm just like, "I'll wait till the end if I know you forgot something." And yeah. I'll be like, "Oh, and there's this too or this." So I, I stopped doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that bugs me when people like. It's like, all right, I, I probably forget something, but I've read the rule book a couple times. I've played it. I'll get there. You yeah. know, it's. <laughs> Yeah, you've but, got your order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't need to interrupt that. <laughs> but yeah, and everyone learns in different ways too. Like right. for me, yeah. I learn when I'm playing the game, and then I'll ask questions or I'll figure the game out while I'm playing. And there's people in our group that learn both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's preferable that you read the rule book, but some people watch videos, mm-hmm. you know, play or before the game they like to learn the rules. I think teaching too, you gotta. You do have to be engaging or try to be engaging because if you just, you got your nose in the rule book the whole time and you're kind of reading it, reading along there, following that, it gets, it's just boring for everyone that's kind of like around you because you're not entertaining them at all while they're learning the rules. It's just right monotonous and stuff. Yeah, sometimes that can be hard though. I mean, depending on the depth of the game. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, you might have to check here and there, but you should have it know well enough where you can... You know the general flow of the game. Yeah, I think during that first play, too, especially when it's like a medium or heavier game, they need to, people need to know that this is more of like just a learning game. Yeah, yeah, you want to win, you know, play competitive, but you don't worry so much about winning because you know the rules teacher or the players, you're not going to know the strategies. There's going to be rules that might get forgotten or just not fully explained right or things like that. You know. Well, one thing I like in rule books is when they say oh if you're playing with new players you know these two things are the goals you should let them know about that yeah. and that's that would be good etiquette if you just left that out when you're teaching them yeah you just stomping them to stomp them that's not fun for anyone yeah to, you try to i mean i don't always but i try to let them know like you know this is kind of the goal like as far as a couple ways to score some points i'm not going to sit there and go well, you have to do this. You, ha- you know, I want them to explore and figure right. it out on their own because that's part of the, the fun of it. Is learning all the nuances and strategies you know, to the games and stuff. Yeah, you can never take those first games that seriously. Yeah, you don't need to be super competitive, but you want everyone at the table playing their best and trying to win. Mm-hmm. It gets, it's really frustrating when there's one or two people that they're either so far behind or they're just not trying, and then it kind of ruins the game for everyone else at the table. Because, I mean, one way you're going to do better and play better is by learning from the mistakes you made that game or watching other people play or just trying to do the best that you can with what you have, you know. You might figure out new strategies for the next time you play. Right. So, and we kind you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but holding, like, grudges to an extreme matter yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you attacked me last game! We've seen people where they spend that whole game just... <laughs> 
depending, I've had a game where I've just been, you you have two, Tim, but like where someone's just going after you all game. It's obviously, it's apparent to everybody that like you're way behind. Yeah. You have no, there's nothing like you got built up that is going to like bring you back in the game. And he's yeah. just getting hammered and hammered and hammered by the same guy. And it's not helping him win. No. Right. It's just helping him so he can not beat you. Yeah, that's that's a weird, to me, that's a weird mindset. Like, I'm going to just hammer you just so I can beat you but not win the game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a bullying mechanic. You know, yeah, it's like it a really bullying is. mentality. It's yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to just keep punching you. <laughs> And then when they carry it over to the next game, it's like, okay, come on. Yeah. I get it with, like, later games. You know, you're playing King of Tokyo and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. whatever. You're having fun. Cash and guns, you might make a comment like that. But yeah. not not you're playing these longer games. <laughs> and then, I mean, I've done it a couple times, too. I try not to. I think everybody does. But there's certain games that you don't like. And you try not to show it, basically. Until the game's over, then kind of talk about what you didn't like about it or things like that. But while you're playing it, try not to... Yeah, because you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. if you right. if you don't like a game and you just sit and just badger it and just, oh, you know, this is dumb, this, is, this I guess isn't fun. I guess I'll do this stupid mechanic yep. again. I'll just do that. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, talk about it after the game, that's fine, because you're right. voicing how you feel about the game. But during it, when you're sitting there just bashing it the whole time, the people that are really enjoying it, it takes away from their enjoyment. Right. Because, you know, if I'm doing that and Ryan's high on the game and then he hears me just complaining about it the whole time, well, then maybe it just... Yeah. Right. Like Thunder Alley, it was wait till the game's over when <laughs> we start talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> How about Nightfall? Next time we play that, are you going to... I mean, I probably won't ever play it again, but... <laughs> but I'll wait till the game's over. <laughs> Unless it's, like, Oregon Trail. <laughs> then I'm going to... I'm sorry, but no one should like that game. I get nostalgia, but there's nothing like it's, it's awful. I gave it a one. <laughs> I think I did too. That was pretty generous <laughs> to even rate it. <laughs> Does that... this deserve a click? <laughs> you didn't play it, did you? No, I can imagine though. You could literally on turn one flip a card and you just die and you're yep. out of the game. Right, you die to Terry. Oh, mm. I mean, it's thematic. It's like okay. the video game was. <laughs> or real life, but yeah. I never played the video game much, so I, I never felt that. Yeah, I'm missing a whole lot. No, uh, obviously not. <laughs> I think one of the things that I had about gaming etiquette was how you put your game away in the box. <laughs> you look right at me. No, <laughs> no I, well, we're more OCD about putting like we're a little more detail oriented. Yeah, I'll check. So the complaint is when. You put the box lid on, but the actual game is upside down. Well, the, or the, board, the, the, the box on the bottom, too, has to be aligned the same yeah, way yeah. from top to bottom. You know what I mean? So, and the rule book as I well. I put the rule inside. book, too, yeah. So that's <laughs> really? the same alignment. Oh, yeah. You got to make I just, sure. I throw the rule book in. See, I know. We noticed. I, obviously. <laughs> we checked your game. <laughs> I know you did. But, so the thing is, like, I'll check mine sometimes or, you know, here and there. But I don't make it like a obsessive habit to check the bottom of the boxes and the rule books i never even considered that i just i throw them in there and then hmm. yeah that's i mean obviously all of this is no <laughs> no real necessity reason well, no but it's... put your components in bags or something 
You don't just <laughs> dump all the components yeah. in the box. Uh, <laughs> it's got pieces flying around. You got everywhere. cards mingling with resources. No, no. You just can't shaking that. up the box the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, when you go to conventions and you pull a game out of the library, right. and you open the box uh, and there's just pieces everywhere, it's just like, ah. It sucks because like a game that should take five minutes to set up and takes like a half hour. Yeah. you got to sort through like all these decks of cards. Yeah, you got to look at the component everything. list, separate everything. Yeah, especially if you don't know the game. It's yeah. like really... I think I talked about it a little bit before, but I think when you're teaching too, I talked about it being engaging, but like know the people that you're teaching and know how they learn, you know, games the best, you know, depending on, I mean, it's harder when you got a bigger group, but yeah, less people kind of know the way they like to learn a game and cater to their needs. You know, some people might want to hear really get into what the theme is about it and know how the mechanics blend with the theme of the game that might help them learn or if they just straight up want the mechanics and right. I think basically, I mean, everybody's guilty of all this stuff every once in a while, but we just try to do our best to learn the game as good as we can, teach as good as we can, you know, try, don't just check out on a game. Right. I mean, yeah, really, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's always just about having fun, just getting together. Exactly. Just getting together, having fun, you know, whether you like the game or not. You know, yeah, we, you know, on the show here, we go through and we, you know, review and rate games, but I think at the end of the day, it's always about getting together with people, just playing a game no matter what the game is and just having fun yeah i'm gonna want to play a game i don't really like like i'd rather play nightfall than do almost anything else yeah you know some other hobby right right so yeah i might give it a lot of grief but i'm still having a lot of fun (laughs) hanging out with your friends or people that you meet you know getting together playing board games yeah so that's kind of you know for me i guess how the etiquette boils down just how would you act around your friends and family you know yeah (laughs) <laughs> we've had a couple times during a convention where someone walks by the table stops and then they're telling you how you're playing wrong oh god yeah that's just awful like if you're asking for help i don't think i was there for that no you weren't but shadows over camelot but yeah when someone comes by and they tell you how you're playing wrong i mean if we're i mean i guess if we're playing the game completely wrong let us know but if it's a minor rule which i don't think we're wrong on anyways but i didn't even bother checking what if that that person walking by, you know, they, they haven't sat in with a group. Maybe you guys house-ruled something. How would they you know? You can ask, but you, yeah. basically the person stopped there and said, no, 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 you guys are doing it all wrong. Uh, and yeah, then, like, don't do that. We're like, well, what do you mean? And then he said something, and then we're like, well, I'm not sure. And he's like, just, no, 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 it's wrong. <laughs> Move along, sir. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I was like, all right, well, thanks. We're going to just keep playing our game wrong, I guess, and... <laughs> Being idiots, <laughs> but I always like at the at conventions there when you. That's like a true test of gaming etiquette, almost at the conventions when like, we played Fury Dracula with someone that we didn't know, and it was yeah. a lot of fun. You know, it's just because you're not sure when you jump into these groups with people you don't know how to like. Well, what can what can I make jokes about, or what you know? Right. Mm-hmm. What type of players are they? You know. Yeah. I mean, something like that. You're going in completely blind not knowing the person or the group so it was what four of us and then one random guy that hopped in yeah and it was you know we're joking around having fun even the same thing at uh at origins last year when we were demoing some games people would walk by and hey can i jump yeah. in and mm-hmm. you know they're kind of joking around having fun with us so speaking of demoing games at origins i love doing it but it's really hard for me because when they're explaining the rules <laughs> right I can't pay attention after a few minutes, and I'm like, 
falling asleep, you know, because you don't get tons of sleep when we're there. But I'm like dozing off, and it's like, oh man, we got to get rolling on the game here. I think to uh, whenever your turn is done, we don't always do a good job, but try to say like, hey, it's your turn, or I'm all done. Yeah. Because sometimes we'll be playing, we'll be talking or something, or some guy will be sitting there for three minutes not knowing that it's his turn. And we're like, right. whose turn is it? Or, hey, to go, oh. Uh, I, I just went. It's yeah. Ryan's turn. Yeah. One thing, I usually just, like, point, like, when I'm done, like, hey, it's your turn. Yeah. Like, to the next person, like, hey, Tim, I'm done, type of thing, something like that. Yeah. And I know it's harder for everyone, but I always try to think after my turn what, some games you can't help, but, you know, you, you don't know what you're right. going to do until it's your turn. But if you can, think ahead of time, like, oh, this is what I might try to do on my turn, so that way people aren't waiting. Try to prevent the AP right. as much as you can. You can't always, and there's crucial moments in the game, you know, where you're going to have some AP. But Right, or some games that, you know, maybe the board state's ever-changing, so you yeah. never know what's going to be available on your turn, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Tim, you got anything? No, I Aaron? don't. I was trying to think of because you guys had things that you're gonna that you're trying oh, to you're work on. Oh, you're perfect gamer. Well, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't even brought it up. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what I because I try to listen. You wouldn't change anything about yourself. No, I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I wasn't ready for that question. I mean, not that it was really a question, but... Maybe work on uh, putting your boxes away right. Yeah. That doesn't bother me as much as you. It bothers Sorry. me. <laughs> better teacher. Yeah, maybe maybe better teacher. But... Not that you're that bad, but you're, <laughs> you're perfect in every way. You're a perfect gamer. You're beautiful. We're, we're blessed. <laughs> do, you really, do you really mean that? <laughs> we're privileged to game with you. <laughs> uh, it's getting thick in here. All right. All right, if that wraps up our table talk. Yeah, Tim's got nothing to work on, so. No? <laughs> he sees himself <laughs> as the pinnacle of gaming. <laughs> the, of gaming etiquette. I should maybe teach a class on gaming etiquette. <laughs> so the interview we had planned with Erin Dean on this episode has been postponed. Her Kickstarter has been pushed back, and we will air this in tandem with that when it releases. So it's now time for our first review of the day, Gugong. Gugong was designed by Andreas Stedding and published by Tasty Minstrel Games in 2018. Plays 1 to 5 players in 60 to 90 minutes. Gugong is a hand management game where players take on the role of powerful Chinese families trying to gain influence and power by bribing officials through the exchange of gifts. The player at the end who has obtained an audience with the emperor and then has the most victory points is the winner. During the game, players will be exchanging gift cards in their hand, with one held by officials on the board. If the gift you give is a higher number than the one you receive, you may take the action on your card and that location. If the gift card you give is a lower number, you must make a payment before being able to take any actions. There are seven action spots in the game, and they include traveling, helping build the Great Wall, collecting jade, gaining intrigue or hidden influence for your family, moving up the palace to meet with the emperor, obtaining a decree, or sending servants to travel by boat down the Grand Canal. The game will end after four rounds, and to be able to count your score, you will have needed to reach the end of the palace track. The person who accomplished this and has the most points wins the game. What do you think about the production quality here? 
I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I have the uh, just a retail edition. The Kickstarter one looks like awesome. Yeah, because they actually have like glass. I'm yeah. thinking it's glass. They're like the those jade. those little like aquarium glass okay. yeah. stone things. Yep. The box looks really nice. But even even the cardboard. Yeah, like ones for the jade. I, yeah, I it's think nice and pretty, thick. Yeah. All the cardboard stuff in the game. I like the board, like the look and the artwork on it. Yeah, the it's artwork's really cool. good. Like the player boards, like some of the stuff's cut out, you know, not cut out, but like. Oh yeah, on the, on the side. Yeah, yep. yeah, okay. I think that's, that's really cool. Typically, uh, Tasty Minstrel does really good with their components for their games, and I think their production on this one's really good too. Yeah, oh yeah, they kept that that bar is pretty high. So. <clears throat> Definitely, the artwork is very nice, simple, but it's nice. Just nice. I think <laughs> I think they do a good job with like the graphic design of the game, where you can easily see what things do, you know, like the symbology and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. iconography. Yeah, because once you learn what everything does, mm-hmm. the, you know, the symbology is, it's real straightforward and simple. So how strong is the theme for you? It's, I pro- for me, it's probably uh, like, like gel glue. <laughs> it's not strongly pasted. Yeah, like you could pull it off. I could pull it off pretty easily. Yeah, oh yeah. Because... It's like a clean pull, too. Like, a lot of that theme won't even stick like when I'm pulling it off. It'll just rip just, right off. Just a clean... Because, yeah, you know, sometimes you use, like, good glue, and like, yeah. it'll stay a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This one ain't stand. Or after you peel the picture off, you gotta sit and, like, scrape off the yeah, glue. Yeah, you ain't scraping you know? much. You, you might have a little residual, but there ain't a whole lot. You don't need a heat gun to get this one off. Yeah, because, I mean, what is the theme, really? It's you're, like, traveling around... So, I think... Bribing officials. So you're bribing officials. Yeah. You're trying to basically be the most influential family in China. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you don't feel that at all. No, you don't feel that. And then, <laughs> you know, moving up that that track. As sad middle, as it is, that's probably like the most dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> Making your way up to the yeah. emperor. Yeah. Because yeah. you feel like you're walking up the steps. Yeah. Or I mean, something I guess or... collecting jade. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it's there's nothing at all. So would you say it's like glitter glue? They, they sprinkled it on, and like half of it falls off instantly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's much theme there. It's no. it's a good euro with lack of theme. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from our uh, theme and adhesive analogies. <laughs> what about the gameplay, though? So, I like the gift-giving card mechanic a lot. Um, I hope this is used in other games. I do enjoy that. The seven actions are all easy to understand. You know, it's real simple to know what they do and that kind of th- kind of thing. I like the wall, and everyone can take an intrigue action after the wall resolves if they're on the wall when it resolves. Yeah, I enjoy that. Because um, with that, whoever has majority, whoever has majority, the wall, they score. Right? They score. Move up on the track oh that's right yep. the uh, emperor track yep. so you got the seven different actions you have basically collecting jade that's just straight victory points yeah moving up on the palace track the first you know first person there gets the most points but you also have to get to the end to be able to score right um there's the decrees which is basically special abilities during the game yeah and some end game scoring uh, the intrigue lets you do various intriguing things <laughs> Uh, you, you might collect jade, you might uh, change the destiny dice, which help you get more cubes or workers each round. 
You got traveling, which does various things that collects you different things. The boat kind of gets you points, more cards, or that beefy double servant that you really need. Yeah, right. I think I might have missed an action here too, but that's basically the gist of the game. Yeah. And but you said your favorite part is the cards. What? So my favorite part is probably the gift get the card mechanic where. You play a card, and depending on if it's higher or lower, if it's higher, you get to take the action. If it's lower, you can just save the card you took for next round, or you could pay something to be able to take the action there as well. Right. I do like that. It got better for me after more plays. The first play, I was like, I don't know. I was, I think I was a little disappointed. I was expecting more. I do. It is a very good lighter midweight yeah. type game. You know, it's good hero that way uh looks really nice and it's quick to learn and play like very quick to play and learn mm -hmm. i don't think i'm very good at it either <laughs> I mean, i'm not horrible i don't think but have you won no i haven't like, I've gotten <laughs> really? second. i think i've gotten second every time i might i might have got third once but i think each time i was i didn't win okay so, yeah, the game's garbage <laughs> i mean that's no. better for me because i <laughs> So I'm kind of split on it, but some things I don't like is I don't like the Destiny dice at all. That was kind of obnoxious. It's not awful, but you got to spend like so much intrigue if you want to change one of the dice values. Or you have to hope you're taking the right cards to get more cubes. I know that's part of the strategy, but it's just, I don't know, it just felt really random. and It, well... I, I obviously I, I would agree with you that it's random, but it's three dice, so it's in between each round. If you have matching cards of those dice, it's the cards you, you take get, match the dice, you get another cube. Yeah. Okay, so it's just cubes. Marker. And then wasn't it majority? And whoever had the most, they get victory points. They get as some well? points, and they move up on the palace track. Okay. Yeah. See that? To me, that that didn't bother me that much. It was there, but it didn't. It didn't do anything for me at all. Yeah, I wouldn't say it. I'm split on that because it, it didn't do much for me, but it didn't hurt the game for me, I guess. I don't know. I actually liked that, yeah. the collecting of the numbers, you know, because then it's changing your strategy throughout the game because it's, I might be trying to do this thing on the intrigue track, but there's a one up here and I really want that one because it matches and it's mm -hmm. going to give me more workers for next turn. So I might take that instead and kind of just alter my strategy throughout the game. I don't have to like be set in something I can adapt. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys, how much did you focus on a strategy? Like when you went into this game, did you think, okay, I'm going to focus on doing this more? Basically the last game I played, I was basically thinking, okay, I'm going to try, I mean, you gotta look at the decrees when they come out at the start of the game. But I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna go for a lot of jade, and I'm gonna go for try to get my double servant right away. So what that double servant does is basically two cubes that are they're glued together. They're glued together real good though. <laughs> it's real strong. But it's two cubes. It's basically a double. It can count as two cubes when you're paying for actions. When you get workers back, that can count as one. So it's really efficient. Yeah. using that double service. So basically I wanted to get that as soon as I can and then get as much jade as I could. I mean, obviously other things, but those are my two main okay. goals. Because for me, I guess, I never... The first game I played, I tried to focus on one thing, and I found that frustrating. And, and not just one thing, but I was... 
I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was focused. I think maybe it was the jade. I was trying to collect as much jade as I could, and I found that frustrating because the way the cards work and how you take your actions, sometimes depending on what the cards in your hand are, you can't even take that action. Yeah. So I, I and with what cards people are playing yes. and taking it, because by the time it gets to your turn, there might be a different card there, yep. and you're not able to do the action. Yep. So I, I found that frustrating, but not to the point where I it made me dislike the game. Yeah. So in my second play, I knew that about the game, right? So I knew not to focus just on whatever. On my turn, I just went with whatever was going to score me more points. Instead of trying to focus on one specific thing or a few things, it was just kind of, okay, let's just do what I can. And I actually enjoyed it a lot better playing it that way. So in a way, that's a negative. But now that I know that I can play that way... I don't try to strategize, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a strange thing, Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think with this game, if you try to, like, over-game it, you're yeah. going to have less fun with it. You know, you got to take it at its yeah. weight. Like, you know, it's a light to medium weight Euro game. You're, you've got choices, but you should be adaptable, mm-hmm. and you should look at all the options, but you don't have to look that hard because mm-hmm. there's not that much going on. So I think you got to take it in that light and you'll enjoy it more that way. Yeah, I did like it each time we played it. I did like it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of peaked with the last time I played it. I don't think I'd like it more than that, but I did enjoy it more after I played it a few times. I didn't really have a whole lot to say about it. To me, it was it was good. I, I didn't really care for the first play, but then after that, like I said prior, the more I played it, the more it was just kind of open, you're just kind of doing actions, you know, just about any action you take is going to score you some type of points in a way. So there's kind of a lot of stuff going on, you're just moving around. And the more I played, the more I understood that, so I just kind of, I had, you know, more fun playing. I think to your point, I think it's peaked for me as well. I don't see it, I don't rate it super high, but I don't have it super low. It's like middle. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I like it, but would I pick it? Probably not. I'd play it. Absolutely. And I, I think that's kind of where it sits for me. I don't see it getting better. Yeah, it's. I think any more plays. the best thing about the game for me is it's very fast to play, and it plays good at all the player counts, Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's, it's a fine game. Um, I guess I was personally expecting a little bit more. I really liked Hansa Utanica, mm-hmm. and it for me, I know <laughs> you on the opposite end of that, but it wasn't as good as that for me. And it's kind of the same weight and play time about. Hans is probably a little bit longer, a little more thinky, and a lot uglier. Yeah. You know, I going into it initially, I didn't know what to think. I'm, I'm still not sure what to think about it, maybe. You know, I, it's good, not great. Not bad. Hmm. Somewhere there. I, fun I wish there was more to the actions. I mean, I like the simplicity of it. I know that's part of Would you what want, makes the game what it is. Would you want more actions, though? Not necessarily no, more no, actions, okay. just more to the actions. I don't know, it just it felt too basic sometimes. I mean, I know that breaks what the game is trying to do. Because so, it's for yeah. that, basically the audience for the game is those light-medium gamers who... A quick, easy to learn game that still has some depth to it. 
I think it takes that low play time and gives you enough to do, and that's why I like it. Yeah, I, I always felt like I had enough to do, you know, depending on the cards and all the different actions you can yeah. take. There's a certain times when the, the decisions weren't that interesting, like... Yeah, I got that feeling, uh, too. Oh, I got this card. Should I go t- to the harbor, or should I go travel? You know, yeah. this is kind of... Or if you have a lower card, because some, some are most of the cards, I should say, they actually have an action on it. So when you play it, you're going to take the action on the card and the action where you laid it. And most of the time, I I guess maybe not most of the time, but some of the times when I play the card, it was like, okay, I get to take that action just because it's on the card, not because I wanted to. You know, if I wasn't planning on going boat track, I got a boat track card, so I'm now going to go boat track. Hmm. So, Aaron, you're probably the biggest fan of it. Give us your rundown, your take on the game. I think that this game fits a area in our game collections combined anyways, where I want to play something that's a Euro. I don't want to sit there for three hours. I don't want to think about too much, but still have enough to think about. And it plays so quickly that it fits that those parameters well. I think for what the game is, it does what it's doing well. So definitely, if you're more into the lighter to medium weight Euros, this would be a good one to check out. I would probably rate it like a 9. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I just wow. really liked it. Wow. Is, uh, is this possibly in your top ten, then? It's probably. Really? Nines are pretty there. much his ten. Yeah, because he, yeah. he doesn't he rate doesn't as highly as we do. Yeah. He doesn't know what his ten is yet. Yeah, I he found He hasn't found it. <laughs> Maybe it's coming. <laughs> wow. Adventure. That's a shock. Yeah. It was, is, I knew you liked it. I didn't realize yeah, you really. It, it is right it, in your wheelhouse, though. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I enjoy games that are a lot heavier but I like games also that I can play quick and yeah. you still like have something to think more about. Game, like you'd rather play two or three games than play one longer game or two. Typically. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I'm sometimes I'm in the mood to play a five-hour game, mm-hmm. but I'm more often in the mood to play a couple hour-long games. Yeah. All in all, I'd probably give this a seven. It rose up a little bit each time we played it. Yeah, I would, I would play it. I wouldn't complain. I probably would very rarely pick it, but I think it's a solid game for what it is, definitely. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. You know, it's For what it is, it's it's a good game. But I don't know. But I, I actually rated it a little higher than Ryan. I had it at a 7.5. All right, that wraps up our review of Gugong. So it's now time for a review of Takedo. Takedo was designed by Antoine Bauza and published by Funforge Games in 2012 and plays two to five players in 45 minutes. Takedo is a point-to-point movement game where players are traveling the East Sea Road, otherwise known as Takedo, and along the way, everyone is competing to have the best experience. During the game, players will be moving their traveler forward. The person farthest behind on the road will move his traveler to an open location and take the action corresponding to the location he'd stopped at. An action might be to shop for souvenirs, visit a hot spring, temple or inn, painting a panorama, farming, or having an encounter. The game will end when all travelers have reached the last location on the road. Points will be tallied, and the player with the most points is the winner. Alright, what do you think about the production quality in this game? I think overall, 
it's very good. Um, the art is really nice. I like the clean look of it. I guess the only negatives I have, and they're small negatives, but the score markers are tiny. Oh, yeah. Like, real small. The panoramas are actually punched out cards, where everything else is actually, like, cardboard. Yeah, that's, that's which weird is they did odd. that. Yeah. And then this score track isn't that weird in this game, but I don't like funky score tracks. The up, this down, one, up, down, up, up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. I always get screwed up until I get used to it. Right. So I don't like cutesy score tracks in games. <laughs> This one isn't as bad as some. But overall, though, the production quality is outstanding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I agree 100% there. The production quality is there. You know, the, the white look of the box, the, you know, the clean-looking board. It makes the colors it, pop. Yeah, it, it really does. You know, when the board's setting up, it's, it's a simple board. But mm-hmm. like you said, the colors pop on it because of that white background. You know, it just... As long as we don't get our uh, chicken wing sauce all over the board. Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> you <your> fingers. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you're right that the cards that punch out, why? Just yeah, use a regular... why when the rest of it was all cardboard. Yeah, it's... Yeah, weird. regular cards versus, like, these little chin... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. But beyond that, you know, the art style, I like that. You know, when you finally finish the panorama, they look cool sitting there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I give it uh, give it a thumbs up for that. Yeah, production quality is fine. You don't need anything more than just a little meeple. But like you said, that little that tiny little score tracker, that, <laughs> that's kind of annoying. But they're the look of it. You know, uh, what I hear a lot is people say, "Oh, it's like a Zen-like game." You know, it's got that feel. It's yeah. real simple. It's kind of just yeah. the simple look. But it looks nice. <laughs> How well is this theme stick for you? So, you guys, you guys have used masking tape before, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of sticky when you first break it off. You know when your <laughs> hands they get sweaty, yeah. And the, the adhesive part actually touches your hand. It just slides off. Yeah, and that that tape is just ruined then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not sticky at all. So that's how I feel they did so the theme here. They so your theme is they're like- using masking tape. And they, they got water on the sticky side, and then they tried to put the theme right on there. It's a sweaty, masking tape. It fell off before the game <laughs> even started. I know there's a couple times we were playing the game, and we'd ask Aaron questions, and he'd try to answer it in a thematic <laughs> way. And it was like, all right, Bubsy, come on here. <laughs> was that the one where you'd ask something, and I'd say it just completely wrong, and then he'd just correct me? And I don't remember, but it was... <laughs> like, you're going to the hot springs. You're taking a bath. It's, yeah. You, just yeah, and it's like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you're just moving along, doing actions. It's not... So you agree with the, uh, the uh, wet masking tape? Yeah, the sweaty tape. That's a, that's a good one. <laughs> I'd say it's regular masking tape. <laughs> really? That's strong it's, for you, huh? It's, it's, got, it's got a little something to it, but... what What is there to it? Like I fresh think, tape, or is it like a couple years old? Well, I get the idea... <laughs> I get the idea of traveling this road and you're having encounters and you're doing things like that. So You're having an encounter? You're just... meeting a samurai. Yeah, yeah sure. A... There's a samurai you, card in the you game. You meet him and then he just gives you points. And all that happens is you draw him and he gives you three points. That's it. Well. <laughs> There's no story to be told here. No. I don't know. We, I mean, we. someone could sit and really story it up. Oh, you know? yeah, you can do that for any game. You, can you just, could. You yeah. could say, well, this is what that means. Well, yeah, I know, but I don't feel it. 
Yeah, well, I, it's, yeah. I never, I never felt yeah. like I was traveling and painting at all. No. But I think the artwork brings a little bit of the spirit okay, to okay. it. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I'll I'll accept that. So when he said, uh, when you asked, is that old tape? You know how that masking tape gets like real rock hard, like and you right. try to you try to like <laughs> peel it off with your nails, and it's like when you get like a sliver under your nail, oh, it hurts. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, that's what the theme does. <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. But I, I don't see the theme, really. The art's cool, but... I mean, you could you could make it about anything, really. Oh, yeah, you're traveling I mean, along. It, it you're just be, moving, and then you're getting points for this, points for that. It could be a game about me walking to work. Yeah, that's And fair. having encounters with neighbors. You're walking along like a nature trail. Yeah. Rabid geese, turkey, rock hunting, <laughs> a deer. Yeah, rock hunting. Yep, searching for new rocks, man. When you're a little kid, you didn't do that. When you're a little kid, oh, like, I, oh, look at this awesome rock I got, and it's just like some regular old stone. Like, <laughs> and your parents are like, "Wow, that's awesome!" Yeah. You want to put that in your little treasure chest? No, I, I see it every day because the boys are yeah. outside picking rocks like crazy. And then you throw away like an old pirate doubloon that's worth like five grand or something. I'm sure it's safe to bet I won't come across a, a pirate to balloon up right. <laughs> right. What do you think about the gameplay? The gameplay, I think it, I think it's good. I'm not super high on it, but you know, it's almost like a gong. I'm not high on it, but I'm not low on it. You know what I mean? And I, I think what really makes it shine is that it's, it's just a lightweight game. You put it on the table, it looks nice, and you're just kind of moving along. You don't take it too seriously. You're just moving, earning points, you know, move again, earn points. And that's, it, it is what it is for, you know, and it's not, it doesn't take too long to play. No. I don't think it, I don't think it went too long. You know, it just kind of, it is what it is, you know, it just kind of, the simplicity of it, I think, is what makes it, makes it work. Yeah. I think it's good ish okay so i don't like it quite as much as you or it's close to gugong but not quite as much it's that same style this is a lot lighter though oh yeah it's a yeah, lot lighter yeah i'd consider it a filler yeah it's like a family weight or filler type game you know they're just you're basically each spot you move to um aaron can give you the super thematic rundown but basically <laughs> each spot you move to you're either getting points or you're going to get coins which in turn will get you points during the game yeah you're doing various actions okay. Like, it's a very good family-style game. Yeah. I like the movie mechanic, the take-actions. I like that in a lot of other games. Like, Francis Drake and Heaven and Hell, I like... Whoever's further back gets to move, yeah. Yeah, whoever's the farthest back, and it's, you can't go backwards once you go to a spot, you know? So you kind of got to think about, uh, do I want to jump up there, but then I'm passing up these five actions, you know, and everyone else is going to be able to take three actions to my one type of yeah. thing. Right. I felt a little too light, but I... I know what kind of game it is, and I had fun playing it. Mm -hmm. Still, I wouldn't say it's a challenging game by any means. No, mm -mm. I guess it's a filler game, but I would pick a lot of other fillers first. But I don't know. Yeah, I'd still play it. A lot of the fillers we have are more yeah. laugh out loud. Yeah, fun this this type, one where it's interactive. Just, yeah, this is more just kind of moving along, doing your doing yeah. your thing, relaxing. You know, mm -hmm. kind of like what you said. It's kind of got that zen look to it, mm -hmm. and the game plays a lot like that. It's just kind of relaxing. You're moving along. You know, if you get if you can't take certain actions, eh, so be it. I think you know, it's you a, just 
it's a good game to, to play after uh, a game of Through the Ages or Down at Species, where your brain's melted yeah. and you just want to relax for like a half hour and yep. yeah. just decompress before your next game. Right. Yeah, I'd agree with most of that. Uh, all of that, really. It's very light, easy to set up, take out, break down, and get it out quickly. And so. I know one thing you really like is how at any point during the game, you can just add up your points to make sure that you oh yeah you got it right just in case the markers get bumped yep someone right. sneezes and the yeah. markers go flying <laughs> all your points are right there and you score them immediately <laughs> other than the end the like four end game cards yeah yeah so yeah how, how would you rate this then i'd probably give it a six and a half aaron picks it i'll play it other than that i'm good but i wouldn't complain playing it i like it better without the expansion. I only played the expansion once. The one thing I really didn't like with the expansion is the gambling thing where I might walk away with like what is it, eight coins? Yeah. Or zero coins. Right. And money is real tight. Not just zero. You bet with two coins, so you lose Yeah, you those. lose two coins. Yeah. So, so it's either negative two or eight. That was my main beef with the experience. There's other stuff that I was like, okay, take it or leave it. Maybe if I played a little bit more with it, I might enjoy those aspects of it. But So I can't really say much about the rest of it. Like, was it the artifacts or relics or something like that? And to be clear, this is, we're talking about the Crossroads expansion. Thank you. So yeah, I, I would prefer to play it without that. The point of the game is just being so simple and light and you just kind of breeze through it type of thing. But Yeah, yeah I'm... I'm right there with you. I really, you know, I, I like the game. Just the base game of Takedo, I had about a seven. So I liked it a little better than Ryan did. But with the expansion, I did not like it at all. It. What do you give it with the expansion? The Crossroads expansion. With the Crossroads? The only expansion you've played. Man, it was like a five. Really? It. You so. It that much. Yeah, and. The reason, so it, it had the gambling dice, which what, you know, what I like about the base game is that it's a tight game, so the coins are tight. But when you add in that expansion with a dice roll, but it, it takes away the that feeling of it being a tight game with the money. Sure. Because it's random with the dice. You know, if I'm low on money and I go there, sure, I don't have to gamble, but I can. So am I going to all of a sudden shoot up and have eight coins or I'm gonna or am I gonna lose those coins? And that could really hurt you because if you can't pay for your food at the rest stop, you know, you might not be able to score points. Those what is it, six points? At the ends? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that could be quite a big swing there. A lot of stuff revolves around the money as well. So if somebody's walking around and they're getting lucky with the gambling dice and they got eight coins then they have a huge advantage over somebody that maybe lost coins or just doesn't gamble. So that kind of threw it off. I felt like the artifacts were way overpowered, mm. where I know I complained about when we were playing, but well, my special was that I was the orphan, so I could randomly eat for free, right? But there's an artifact in there that when you get to the end, you get to pick one of the cards for free, where you don't have to pay. And it was like, oh, I get to use my special and I can't eat because I already have that food. And I'm looking at somebody that has the artifact. They have my special, but it's better. <laughs> and it was like, 
It's thematic that way, though. <laughs> because I was an orphan? <laughs> but, you know, so I, I felt like they were too overpowered. And it just, I, I just prefer without the expansion, you know, because I like the the simplicity of it. It's, <clears throat> you know, like Ryan said, it's a light kind of filler game. And that's, that's how I like it. Right. So. So I, I think talking about the expansion quick, my favorite part of the expansion, probably the only part that I actually like is the uh, cherry trees that you can paint instead of painting a panorama. Gives you a coin and two points or something like that whenever you, oh, you do yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Each one you do is <clears throat> just the same. Okay. Yep. It's always the same points. And, you know, someone already beat you to the panorama or the spot yeah. is blocked that turn so you can go and just take a cherry tree. I like that. But anyways, so my overall rating for this game would be about a 7. Uh, I think the expansion's okay. Probably play without it, though. What's your rating with the expansion, then? Because I got put on the spot. 6.5. Okay. It's not like... It doesn't, like, absolutely demolish the game for me like it does you. <laughs> <laughs> Take out the foundation and everything. No, it, it's all right okay. with the expansion. But I think for what it is, I would rather play it base game. So that wraps up our review of Takedo. So it's now time for our top 10 drafting games. So what do you consider a drafting game? Well, don't tell me the game, but what is the drafting mechanic? So a lot of people look at it as pick and pass, where you get a hand of cards, you pick a card and pass them to somebody. Mm -hmm. But it's more than just that. It's basically when you have a, could be a pool of something that on the table that you're drawing from, you're picking something, and then someone, you know, it's... Would you say it's more often than not cards that you're drafting? Uh, more often, yes. Not all the time, though, but... I think the other most common one would be dice. Yeah, so that's when players have something to pick, and on your turn, you get to pick something, and then on the next player's turn, they get to pick, typically from the same pool... Yeah, whether it's with variation. in turn order or you're simultaneously picking. Yep. Yeah. So I guess, Ryan, after that in-depth, thoughtful discussion, why don't you lead us off? All right. My number 10 drafting game is my 10th favorite drafting game that I have played. <laughs> that is... Really? <laughs> an older one, Among the Stars. Okay. So on that one, you have like some square cards... You played it, Aaron. You probably don't remember it, though. I don't. That seems to happen a lot. Yeah. He hasn't played a game more than one. They're all Four bad. years ago? They're all bad games. I mean, I remember... You remember Thunder Alley? Oh, I remember that all right. It's more recent, though, isn't it? Like two or three years ago. And we played it twice. He played it, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. sure did. Anyways, I'm on the stars. So... That's your standard pick and pass, where you have a hand of cards, you're picking one card, passing it to your neighbor. And you're grabbing these cards, and you're trying to build your uh, space station. And it's a lot of spatial relation, where this card might score a certain amount of points if it's within a certain distance of different buildings in your station. Or score a point or two points for every one of these buildings in your station. Different things. There's colors like oh every blue card gets you a point or just different things like that some cards you need to power up or spend energy i can't remember what power cores or what it was called in the game yeah but 
Don't they have to be within a certain range of the polar course? Yeah, it might be two. It's been a while since we played, but I think it's within two of it. So basically, you're trying to build the best space station by drafting these cards, and you should do some hate drafting too, because you're looking... Well, if I give this to Tim, he's going to score nine points off this card. I don't want to give him this. There's some objectives as well that you're trying to shoot for, with, compete for with everyone else. There's actually a game similar to this that came out, and that is called Fields of Green. And players take on the role of farm owners trying to extend, uh, expand their property and business by adding fields, livestock, and facilities. Hmm. So it sounds very similar, but there might be just a tad more to it with a little resources or something. Like so that. if you don't like space, you can be a farmer. Boom. Okay. Interesting. So that is my number 10, Among the Stars. It's been quite a while since we played it, but I, I do enjoy this one. My number 10, I would be surprised if it's not a crossover on both of your lists. Because it does get quite a bit of play with our group. And it's a very popular game. This is your number 10, huh? I'm guessing it's Seven Wonders, but it I don't know. <laughs> wow. It is Seven Wonders, yeah. It's my number 10. I, I like it. I enjoy the game quite a bit. But I don't think I like it as much as other people in our group do. Yeah, you don't win as quite as much. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's always my benchmark. Is have I won it? <clears throat> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So my number ten is Seven Wonders, and I'll wait to talk about it because I'll be very surprised if it's not on both of your lists. That'd be surprising. That would be a surprise. What's more surprising that it's my number ten or that it's going to be on everyone's list? Uh, Aaron, you're number yeah, 10. Just, just All right, so my number 10... <laughs> my number 10 is a dice-drafting game by Floodgate Games. came out in 2017, and that is Sagrada. This was the first game that I played with a snake draft, and I thought that was interesting, and I liked it. These guys <laughs> might disagree. But... I love when you said it. You're like... Just waiting for the backlash. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot more with two. You know? yeah. And I liked the expansion. made it a little better for me. I don't With the draft pool, or yeah, your own I, personal dice pool, rather. Yeah. I don't hate the game, but yeah, I don't, I don't like it that much. So. Yeah. I know, Tim, you really don't like it at all. Yeah. I, hate's such a harsh word. I don't know if I'd say I'd hate it. But yeah, I don't like it. I guess the game's so beautiful, I just wish I liked it more. Because sure. it looks so awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, essentially you're just drafting dice from a pool in the middle of the table trying to meet placement requirements on your board better than everyone else. It's good stuff. My number 10, Sagrada. So, do you I'm like it more with the expansion or no? No, I like the base game you better. You like the better just base game? Yep. Okay. I, well, I liked the cards from the expansion the, the, better. The I objectives, always, I, yeah, yeah I, that's the, that was the biggest thing for me, that I need those objective cards when I play. Yeah, definitely. but I, I prefer the original Snake Draft, but I like the objective cards better, definitely. Roger. I'm just surprised it's that low. I thought it was going to be higher. A lot of good drafting games. Yeah, he didn't want us to yell at him. <laughs> 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 okay, my number nine is a game that Tim still needs to buy off Aaron. 
And uh, <laughs> he has not played it yet. <laughs> and that is Warsaw City of Ruins. I got really close to playing it. It yeah. was it was set up on the table. You started the rules, and then Ham, Hamhead showed up. Yeah, I think Hamhead ruined it. He showed up, and it doesn't play five or something. So right? why do we call... Okay, so Sam is a guy in our gaming group. We call him Hamhead. So how did that get started again? <laughs> I was just looking at him across the table. I'm like, you know who you look like? He's like, what, a ham? <laughs> just like... No, I was gonna say Kyle Gas. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I thought my head just looked like a ham. I'm just like, all right. So we've always so that's that like a self-inflicted. Yeah. So since then, we just he's ham head to us. Yeah. Right. He's the thinking man in the group. <laughs> so yeah, I I think this game's underrated. There's a couple things I worry about, but not terribly because it doesn't get played that much anyways. Where the replayability isn't really bother me the runaway leader possibly but i think that's just you need to hate draft more or could be just how stuff comes out or people need to play better yeah it's a lot of fun i like the uh it's kind of city building you're building your grid in front of you and then i like how you have to destroy a tile at the end of world war one and two it's really cool there's a lot of things i really like about this and i uh, hope the expansion comes out but if not, I'm fine with that. I can't wait to play it again. Is there talk about an expansion or no? I don't think so. No, not, not that I've that. seen. Okay. But, yeah, I, I'm always excited when this gets played. Yeah, again, it started with you guys running through a demo without me. At Origins well, I mean, you you had a different event going. You were playing yeah. Black Powder or yeah, something. Some garbage <laughs> mixture <laughs> game. <laughs> yep. you, you'll like this, though. Okay. You would. I'm just waiting for Aaron to pick it. You could pick it. It's a half-hour game. I could. You know, but I In just... between, like, you're waiting for other games to end or something like that. Well, maybe Aaron should just bring it with him more often. I bring what people tell me to bring. <laughs> <laughs> you should just know, though. Okay. <laughs> maybe right, Tim, what's your number nine? That's what I need to work on, knowing <laughs> what Tim wants. Yeah. <laughs> so my number nine, it is... A very simple pick-and-pass game. Wait. Sushi Go Party. Yes. I'm, I'm going to try to guess <laughs> every game. Like. I was going to say Seven Wonders again. <laughs> yeah, Sushi Go Party. It's just a real simple game, and that's pretty much it. You're just taking your cards. You're going to pick one, pass the rest. Play the card, depending on what type of sushi it is, or maybe it's spoons or chopsticks whatever the case is you either you're going to score points at the end of the round or you're going to do something right away it's it's a lot of fun and yeah it's a good one it's a good one again i'll be surprised if it's not on both your lists hmm. but we'll see i think you'll be surprised with ryan no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right so my number nine is a game by thunderworks games in 2016 and that is role player Again, dice drafting. It's an, a different way to do it. So basically you're building up a fantasy character based off these die results. You're putting them on your player board, which is like a stat sheet for a role-playing game, hence the name. And with the expansion, you're going out and you're fighting monsters, and I think that's essential to the game. But the drafting is fine in this. Um, you know, you don't want to get too high in certain... You, you know, you 
for charisma, for instance, you want your cumulative die results to be within a th certain threshold based on your character. And it looks nice. I like the dice. I like the boost dice that come with the expansion, I believe. Yeah, the and, monsters and minions expansion. And yeah, so that's my number nine is role player. Yeah, I like uh, the main thing about the expansion that I, li I, I like all the aspects of it, but the main thing for me is that uh, the combat. So there, maybe there's not any cards at the market that I really want. I want to save my gold, or instead of discarding a card, and you might—I can't remember—you might get a gold or something for doing that too. Maybe this turn that just really doesn't benefit you at all. So you can go out and fight a monster, which gives you different things, and then you can also possibly look at the end game boss, what you need to do to be able to roll more dice and score more points when fighting him. Yeah, it's a fun game. I really enjoy it, and definitely need the expansion as well. It's fine without it but then when you play with it you won't play without it again right yeah that's a good one i you know drafting is obviously the big part you're drafting your dice and then i like how you get to do that so if you draft earlier you go to the market or if you draft later you get gold and then the dice placement i really like that i like the dice manipulation because when you, yes. you place the dice and the certain uh, stat spots, you might re-roll a dice, flip a die to its other side, um, exchange two different dice on your player board, because yeah. you're looking... So you want to reach a certain stat line. Like, you might want to get 14 with your three dice. It might score you two points. You know, there's different numbers you try to reach. Mm -hmm. So you want to reach different things with your trait cards, because then that's going to... I'm really weak, so I want a low strength, so that's going to get me extra points rather than... Maybe I need 17 in my strength, but I got low dice in there. A card might come up where you get more points for having a super low strength. Yeah. So I like all that kind of stuff in it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, my number eight is crossover with Timothy. And that is... Wow. He's the full thing. Seven Wonders. <laughs> okay. I know it's going to be on Aaron's list. Not because I peaked, but because I have a connection with him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are linked right yeah, in. Yeah, we're mind linked. So I'm not going to talk about it right now. Huh. All right. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Interesting. My number eight, it is a game with drafting. <laughs> Can you guess? <laughs> Once I get a little bit of a hint. Warsaw? Uh, okay, so it's going to give it away immensely, but you draft dice. There's like Role player. Tons and tons. Yeah, there's of only like two games in Role player, Sagrada. I've played, I've played a lot of games. With... Okay, so no, it's uh, it's role player. It, uh, you know, we just talked about it with Aaron's number nine, so I don't really have too much more to say about it. So, yeah. All right, so my number eight is a game by Game Right in 2016, and that is Sushi Go Party. Uh, I like the variability in play. You know, you can have the different meals you set up or whatever. And it's just a fun, easy, quick drafting game. I think, for me, drafting games, I like better when they're quick, you know. But It depends on how the drafting is right. in the game, but yeah. And this one is really quick, really simple, and yep. I always have fun playing it. This is not on my list, hmm? but it was my honorable mention. So really? It's my number 11. I really, like you said, I really like the simplicity. I love the variability, like all the different options you can pick to play the game, so it makes it different every time. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy that it plays up to, I think it's eight, a real high player count. Mm -hmm. So you can 
basically almost always play this game. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not any better or worse, you know, when you, if you, you don't want to play with two, but three to eight. It's just yeah. more strategic when you play with low player counts. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one complaint I have is the score track. Yeah. Like, well, not you, just the score track, but the, the score markers. The little soy, soy sauce. sauce. Because it's not like cubes, you can't really stack them. They're just kind of... Well, that's okay, but, like, the score track is so small. You can fit maybe well, two saying. markers yeah. on. Like, why? So the rest of them are just, like, hanging yeah, off Yeah, if you're playing with more than two people, you got, like, a line littered if you're all at <laughs> <Yeah>. seven points. <laughs> yeah. But, anyways, everything else I enjoy. My number seven is a two-player drafting game. And I like that slightly more than Seven Wonders, and that is Seven Wonders Duel. Mm-hmm. I have not gotten to play with the expansion for this one enough, but I really liked it the one time I played with it. It changed up the game a lot. It was very interesting and very cool. But in this one, you're basically you're drafting cards on the board, and you make them in different formations depending on which age it is. You play three ages. But you're drawing a card, and then if basically a card that is flipped face down is not covered at all anymore, you flip that one face up, so now you know what the card is. If There's three ways to win. You can win by science victory or military victory immediately if you get so much science or military. The game ends right away. Or at the end of the game, if neither of those happen, you add up your points, and that person is the winner. What's really cool and the game is at its best is when there's that tension during the game. It plays at its best when there's that tension during the game of somebody's really close to that military or science victory. Now, I've played a lot with my wife and some other people as well, but we've played this back and forth quite a bit, so we've seen victories all different ways. The latest game we played was one of the best games for me. I mean, I won, so it was fun. <laughs> of course. But... So she was just walloping me in points. So I was like, okay, I went a little bit military, but I had the right setup with some of my uh, wonders. And the cards kind of laid out where I just, I kept going military, military, military. And it wasn't until like middle of the second age or near the end when she finally realized that I almost was going to win immediately. So then she had to spend the rest of the game focusing on not letting we, me win militarily, so I was able to just buy points after points after points, and I ended up winning because of that. So she just sweating. The, yeah, the last almost half of the game, she couldn't do anything except for grab military cards or prevent me from getting certain ones. Mm-hmm. So totally, she she wasn't able to do anything. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's really cool how it takes a two-player drafting game and makes it really fun and exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that uh, it's really cool. It didn't make my list because I have not played it enough, and I played it a long time ago. But I remember I really liked the interesting drafting uh, setup in that game Mm -hmm. with the card layout. My number seven is a two-player-only game, and that is Dulosaur Island. So I played it with Aaron, my wife, a few times, uh, and basically I have not played... Dinosaur Island, mm-hmm. but I heard it's just a condensed version of it. The first player is going to take the dice, roll a dice, and they're going to set wha- where the dice are. So when you draft a certain dice, it's going to give you DNA, and that dice, depending on where it is on the track, 
or on the player board, you, you'll get an added bonus to it. And then you're also drafting the workers in your park that will give you special abilities throughout the game. And then the meat of the game, that is, you're playing your cards. So you're using your DNA to create your dinosaurs, or you're sliding the cards underneath on the bottom to have your rides and attractions and stuff like that. So that's my number seven, Dulasaur Island. Yeah, it was fun. I didn't remember how much of it was drafting, so... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could have put Dinosaur Island on this list because there is drafting of the dice, but it's there's three main phases of the game, and it's just in one of the phases, and it plays such a small role in the scope of the game where I didn't right. include it. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's so much more to the game in Dinosaur Island. Yeah. Than, you know, I, I don't know how that goes with because I haven't played the Dinosaur Island, but... I mean, this one, each round you're drafting, so. All right, so my number seven has been mentioned, and it's by Grana and Northstar Games. And that's Warsaw City of Ruins. This is a tile drafting game where, like Ryan said, you're building a little city of your own, four by three grid, and connecting essentially different districts to each other or keeping them away from each other to score points in different ways. And it's just a fun, quick game. And the the world wars in there really make it different for me. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I like how the scoring works mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah, I just keep yeah. hearing a lot about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how I feel when you guys bring up War of the Ring. and I feel like if you guys have talked about it enough that I almost feel like I should have pl- played it. You have because, played it? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you've played it about ten times? Maybe, you know, at the end of the year... For how often you guys talk about it, I'll just get confused and actually think that I played it at some point. <laughs> I could see that easily happen. Oh, easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The one thing in this game is the money is really tight. Yeah. So you got to be making that. the right choices at the right time. Yeah, get that en- money engine rolling. Yeah. That's my number seven, Warsaw, City of Bruins. My number six is another tile drafting game. And that is not King, but Queen Domino. Yeah, I really like this one. I haven't played King Domino, but I know exactly what it is and how it plays based off of Queen Domino because I know what they added. But um, you're basically drafting your different tile that you're going to take, and you're placing this in a 5x5 grid, or if you play with two players, it's a 7x7 grid. And basically you want to have land types or colors match up because then you take the amount of spaces that they match up times the amount of crowns in there, and that's a multiplier for scoring. There's other ways to score as well, which is buildings, and you can get knights, which gets you income when you tax um, castles, help you get the queen, which gives you a couple different benefits. And I really enjoy this game a lot. I like it at all player counts. I like the look of it. It's a lot of fun. And I was actually very surprised at how much I did like it when I played it. I agree. I've only played it once, and I I remember enjoying the play, but I don't remember much about the game. So you may or may not see it later on this list. All right, my number six. It is a game that my wife and I play quite a bit of, and it I think it might be her favorite game, but I'm not sure. And that is Abyss. So in Abyss, you have... 
I'm just trying to remember the drafting. Okay, so it goes, you have your three actions you can take on the board. The top action, you can search the depths. So you could flip over the top card. And actually in that, what's kind of cool is you have to offer the card to other players at the table. And they pay and they, or yep. something like that. So say if, if I'm going and I flip over a five-value starfish, Aaron can buy it from me and pay one pearl. Now, I can keep going until either I get to the end of the track, then I have to take the last card drawn, or I can stop at any time and take the card. But the interesting thing is that if in that same turn, so Aaron bought one from me, it's one pearl. Now, if Ryan wants to buy one of the cards from me, he has to pay two pearls. So it's kind of interesting like that. And then once you fill up, the cards that you don't take get put in the court deck. So in each court deck, the second action you could take is actually you can draft your all of the cards from that court deck. Oh, yeah. And then in the bottom, you have your row of, what are they called? They're lords. like officials. Lords, yes. That's my favorite part is getting those guys. Yeah. Because yep. they look cool, but then they do cool things or whatever. Yep. So then the lords, um, you'll pay, you're going to pay the sets for the, uh, the lords, and then they're going to give you different abilities to play. Like you said, the art's beautiful on the entire game. So that that's pretty much Abyss. There's a little few other things here and there. but Yeah, I've played it probably five times or so. It's been a, probably a couple of years almost since I've played it last. I remember yeah. liking it, though. Yeah. Yeah. I think you probably just play it with your wife a lot. So we we really play a lot, it. yeah. All right, so my number six is a very quick, simple two-player card drafting game it's basically set collection that's by portal games and it's tides of madness you each have a little starting hand of five cards you're picking cards for yourself and pass it to the next person and you're trying to collect these different colored sets that the cards will have and each card also has a scoring parameter that throughout the game the sets of colors that you pick match up and score you points depending this game also has little tentacles on the side because it's you know cthulhu themed and you can gain madness and if you ever reach nine madness in it at any point you just automatically lose the other person wins unless you consecutively do it or something like that but just a fun quick game the rules even though it's portal games you can actually understand because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all on the cards yeah you know so. right it's just really quick simple yeah it's it's fun it's a good you know you got 10 minutes to spare it just bust out a game of it exactly. i uh actually had to teach the wet bandits this game oh yeah and it was like a bunch of bumbling fools trying to <laughs> play their cards they played everything wrong in the first age or whatever it's called it was just like yeah it was it was a mess you can imagine how it was oh yeah <laughs> you have any thoughts tim i've only played it a few times and it's been a while I, I think I liked it better than Tides of Madness. or Tides of Time. Tides of Time. Yeah, because what just time. added was basically the madness thing where you, someone could lose. Yeah. You know, they're both pretty basic and just kind of, you know, they're, they're decent. Yeah. So my number five is a game that, Tim, I don't think you're very keen on. And Aaron, I think you'd really enjoy it. And okay. that is Santa Maria. And that one, you're drafting dice. So there is other dice drafting games out there, Tim. Okay. I just don't remember it. So you have your own personal dice, and there's also a common pool of dice. So you're rolling the common pool, and you're drafting this dice, 
And if you take the common pool is white dice, and you'll take all the actions on your player board from top to bottom in order. You can buy extensions, basically, which you can add to your board, which is a grid, and then it gives you additional actions in each row and column. If you take blue dice, which is your personal supply, you take in actions on number one through six from left to right in order. So it's really cool when you buy those extensions. You can plan out, like, oh, I want to make my two really good for the one row or the one column or different things like that. So the dice, let's say I take a two white. So I take the top action, I keep going down the line. The dice stops on the bottom action spot on that board. So then I cannot take that action anymore that round. You can also pay coins, one coin to take an action. A coin goes on there, you can't take that action anymore. Two coins for another one and so on. Um, you also have a couple different tracks where Conquistador track, I think that was your main complaint, is people kept scoring on that and you didn't. So, I, I just don't remember this game. I remember playing it, but I don't remember. That was, I remember that was the one thing that you were complaining about. So basically the Conquistador track is you try to get the highest on that each round. You can get gold when you pass certain spots, which is a wild resource. You can spend it as anything. You have the Religion track, and that's how you get more of your personal dice that you can roll each turn. And when you get it, you roll it right away and you can use it to take actions. And when you uncover more spots, you get monks, which allow you to basically get special abilities, immediate resources, or endgame scoring. It sounds complicated, but it's actually very easy to learn and very quick and easy to play. And that's why I think you'll really like this one, Aaron. It takes about an hour. It's a lot of fun. I'm liking it more and more every single play, too. So, that is Santa Maria. I suggest check it out. Yeah, I just don't remember much of it. I don't know why. I don't remember hating it or not liking it, but I guess I didn't like it that much. <laughs> Anyways, my number five. It is a civilization building game. And it's by Portal Games. And that's Imperial Settlers. So that's Imperial Settlers. And in this, you you start with uh, a different faction. So my wife pretty much solely goes Barbarians. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I've ever played Barbarians because she's always... <laughs> it's just one of those weird things. So Okay. I, I've always played where I just randomly pick it, the factions. Yeah, I try to just kind of mix around and play with different... But yeah, she's always been... Has she tried the other ones or no? No, I don't think so. She was like, I, I want to try Barbarians, and she just never looked back. <laughs> Got them locked down now. Yeah. And she's getting good with them, too. That's kind of scary. <laughs> so in this, the drafting portion in between each round, uh, from the common deck, you're going to lay cards out, and you're going to draft kind of your hand of cards. So the right side of your faction board is all the common buildings. They're going to give you different benefits. Left side of your boards, your own faction buildings. And you're basically going through a set number of ages. I can't remember exactly what it is, but you're you're playing through the different ages, building your faction up, and then scoring points with them. So surprised you like this. It's got interaction. You can raise other people's buildings, destroy them, tear apart their engine. Yeah. So my... <laughs> My thought on that is, because I play with Angela more often, she doesn't like attacking. 
Well, she doesn't raise your building. She does, but not, not like that often where it's. Okay. You know. That's one of the things I love about it is when you just take out one of those buildings that that person is just basically banking on. Yeah, but that's the, you. You can't just focus on. Right, you can't just focus on one building. Well, I know. Can't, you know, going through. So, yeah, you know, you do get raised, but it doesn't completely throw off. No, it actually helps you sometimes when you get and it raised does, because yeah. you get a wood and the card flips over as a, a foundation, um, foundation yeah. for your faction buildings. So yeah, you lose that building, but you don't completely get taken away everything. So I have probably played this over seventy times. Uh, it's my wife's favorite game, so there's probably two summers where we just sit outside on a picnic table just playing it, you know, two, three games in a row sometimes. Right. Um, so it's not on my list because I didn't consider the, the drafting that you do for the common cards that that huge a deal, but I could see it's on the drafting list. But So it probably would have made my list otherwise, but I do like the game, and I used to like it more. I've probably played it out, or I've just seen certain strategies that appear to be overpowered to me. So the Japanese are easily the weakest. I You can win with them, but they are definitely weaker than the other three factions, Romans, Egyptians, and Barbarians. Especially when you add in expansions, they're even worse. So yeah. I've played with almost all the expansions except... The, the latest ones that came out. Cause the Amazons and the Aztecs? Or? I had the have the Aztecs. I didn't even want to play with them because we had so many expansions <laughs> and then it just made certain factions way too good. We'd play with all the cards for a faction in there. We'd play where you pick your cards before the game. No matter what, it just... I won't get too into it, but for now, playing it, I would just rather play just the base game, just the base... They feel way more balanced it gets way out of whack when you add in that other stuff, no matter how you do it. Are you interested at all in 51st State? I mean, I'd probably like it, but it's like the same thing as this, just a theme yeah, for I the know most part. Not totally. But, but, uh, but I guess I, I bring it up because you said it, you almost feel like you played it out, like you've explored all the mm -hmm. factions almost too much. So maybe that would kind of... Yeah. You know, I mean, as long as you like the style of game. I do like it. It just seems like there's a lot of power creep in the expansion stuff. Like, the uh, Atlanteans, there's combos you could pull off that just made them way better than everyone else. And I heard the same thing happened with the Aztecs. Now, I don't know that one from experience, but people could just make combos so good or they're way just better than all the other factions. Yeah. And it's kind of obnoxious. The rulebook has... Oh, you can play it with shuffling all the cards together for the factions. Um, pick your 30 cards that you want. Do, like, there's, like, five different... It's like, just tell me... Give me a couple options. Tell me what's recommended, and then give me, like, a variant. Mm -hmm. Don't give me, like, a smorgasbord of ways to... I don't know. Just lead us. Yeah. Tell us how to but play. it is a really fun game. I do really enjoy it. But I think I've outplayed it, and then... It's frustrating because the Japanese need a lot of luck to be able to beat the other factions. But my wife's really good at it, so I don't win a lot anymore, too, so that maybe that's part of my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of it, too, is I always pick the Japanese because I'm always like, okay, 
they're the worst. We rarely win with them, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. go with them. Yeah. Well, she goes with one of the other three. Yeah, I, I have not played nearly as much as you have, and you know, I I don't I haven't seen the power creep in the expansions. I don't have all of the small box ones. When and, you when you pick your uh, faction cards, how do you do it? Do you so in there or we've been meaning to play where you pick your thirty or your thirty. Uh, the last few times we played because we don't have all the expansions, so we don't have all the cards mm-hmm. mixed in. We've just been okay. Just kind of play with all the cards there, okay. and then so we you know we don't really try to you know set ourselves up for these massive yeah. combos. So maybe that's part of it too. That to do good too, like when you play with that, you need to basically. Get stuff where you can just draw cards constantly so you can get to your really good cards. Yeah. Because if you can't, you might have some really good cards sitting on the bottom that you just don't reach. Mm-hmm. But anyways, that was a <laughs> mini review. I do really like it, but th- that's that. Have you played it? Nope. I'm looking at pictures of it right now because I'm yeah. like, nope. But that's my number five, Imperial Settlers. All right, so my number five is a game by Yellow. 2017 and that's pyramids depending on the player count there's a certain number of god tiles in the center of the table and each one has a number for your initiative order you're going to be picking a set of two cards that have different um, stones on it of different colors with different relics and you're basically trying to build these three different edifices that your pyramid your tomb and your obelisk but the drafting comes in in the beginning where first player drafts their god and that god dictates which edifices that you can build in so if you're going first you're only building in your pyramid Uh, if you're going last you have potentially can build in all three on your turn and you're taking these uh cards with the stones on them and trying to essentially build the best pyramid obelisk and tomb scores differently the pyramid scores based off of um orthogonal color stones the obelisk is i won't go into that all the scoring going into it yeah do it we did with imperial <laughs> yeah, settlers I'm, I'm fine with it get it keep it rolling people they want to know like oh this game sounds cool you know what how does it work so yeah yeah preach preach so, brother <laughs> So the obelisk then scores, you know, the most prevalent number of um, stone colors in each level of your obelisk, and then the tomb goes off of majority throughout the entire table. And Who ties have, are unfriendly, I believe, right? No one scores if there's a tie. Or... Yeah, based. Yeah, okay. it it would be unfriendly ties, and then each. The stones will have different relics on them, so it'll show a little tomb symbol or a little pyramid symbol or an obelisk symbol, which will get you extra points if you have them in the right edifice at the end of the game. So it's just a... It's pretty quick. Um, I like it better with more players, but it can go a little too long with the max just for what the game is. But the pyramid itself is your round tracker, and I kind of like that. You're going to have 10 rounds. There's 10... Um, cards in your pyramid so always place a card in your pyramid (laughs) i've played with people before they forget to put one in their pyramid and like oh 
It's only turn eight. No, it's it's turn ten. You just messed up. Did Karen do that once? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. We, we we can't score this game, I guess. <laughs> we ruined the whole game. Way to go. The fun is now canceled. <laughs> now, this is a game that I had trouble teaching because you guys, it was late at night at, at a convention, and I just picked it up, learned the rules, and you're just, like, sitting there yammering. And, <laughs> like, this is a simple game. <laughs> but it's, anyways, it's a good game. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I think it's a really, I can see what you're saying with the max player count. runs a little long, I think five. Yeah. But I, it's a good filler. I enjoy it every time I play it. I like the... Uh, uh, do I put this here or there? But if I put it in my um, tomb, it scores me a couple extra points because it's got that relic on it. Yeah. And then you're also thinking, ah, uh, did he put, you know, you don't know what colors people put in their tombs. So, but yeah, it's it's a fun one. I really like it. I'm okay on it. Hmm? I'm obviously like it less than you guys do. So you Luke Cold on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd say Luke Cold. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll play it. All right, you know, it's, it's this. All right, my number four is another dice drafting game. Sagrada. Okay. It is not Sagrada. <laughs> that would have shocked me. This is not a top fifty. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is one I believe you have both played once, and Aaron, we just recently played it. That is Grand Austria Hotel. Mm-hmm. So this one, you're rolling the dice. Um. Each number associates with a different action, whether it's collecting uh, strudel and cake, wine, coffee, paying for workers, opening more rooms, getting money or moving up on the Emperor track, which you want to get to certain points on the Emperor track, or you might have negative things happen to you or positive things if you're high enough. And the last one, when you have a six, that basically can be a wild action. You just got to pay some money to do it. I really enjoy it. Um, you got to work with the dice that are rolled, and it's fast, but there's still a lot you got to think about. And you're basically trying to fulfill orders. So you have guests come to your place. You're fulfilling their orders with different, the wine, coffee, strudel, and all that stuff. And then you're filling occupying rooms based on what color card the guest is compared and the color of your room. Um, there's a lot of different scoring in it, and some of your workers also give you special abilities in game scoring. What do you guys think about it? So you kind of threw it at me that it's a dice drafting, that there's more than just one dice drafting game. I completely forgot you draft dice in this game, so that's why. But I, I really enjoyed it from what I remember of it. Yeah, my first impressions were positive. Uh, I only played it the one time, so it didn't make my list. But I, I did like it, and I think I'd like to play it a couple more times, and it might get up there on this list anyways. But just it's, the one play, I was like learning. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. It's It's got that snake draft. It does have the snake <laughs> draft, which was attractive to me. I, I like it in this. I like, but I've only played this with two as well. Um, I would try it with three. I'm not sure. Four, I would, I'd be really sketchy in trying it with four with a snake draft because I think some of those times when you're playing, you're kind of thinking a lot about your action and what you want to do, and you'd be waiting a long time between mm-hmm. turns. <laughs> that is my number four, Grand Austria Hotel. 
check it out. Two-player dice drafting game. So my number four, it has a pasted-on theme. What kind of uh, adhesive are they using here? Probably the slippery tape. Electrical tape that's real sweaty? No. Well, um, yeah, the black. Yeah. yeah. Electri- oh, yeah. yeah. This is a wet electrical tape. Yeah. It, and the theme is kind of um, you have orcs and goblins, hobbits. So, anyways, the game is Ethnos. I believe you start with a few cards in your hand at the start so of the game. Fantasy Realms technically count too, huh? That would have been on my list. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, in Ethnos, you're trying to collect sets of the cards to be able to place your little discs on the map and then eventually doing a little area control. But where the drafting comes in, you have a set number of cards above the player board or on the table. And on your turn, you can draft one of those cards in your hand. Or it's either one of the cards on the table, or I think you could take it off the top. top So you're drafting, and then kind of the interesting thing is when you cash in your cards, the rest of the cards in your hand, the ones that you don't use, they go back on the table for others to kind of go along and pick them up. Uh, that's about it. I think we've, we've talked about Ethnos before a few yeah. times. So I don't know if you guys got anything else to sprinkle in. No, it's a good one. Because it didn't really pop into my brain when I thought about drafting. But there is. It's that. Do you think the drafting, set collection, or area control is the most prevalent? I'm just curious. I don't know. It's kind of kind of a mix. Okay. Duck in the question. All right. Yeah, I'm going to duck as much as I can. I don't care. Because I don't know how to answer it otherwise. Got that. What do you think? I played it once. Really? Yeah. yeah that's right. He picked Istanbul. Oh. With <laughs> <laughs> the wet bandits. The game's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after my selection of Ethnos, I'm going to pass the rest of them to Aaron. All right, my number four. Ooh, we might hate draft here. <laughs> <laughs> it actually kind of is, because... Uh, Ryan wished he'd put it on his list, and that is Fantasy Realms. I did forget about it. So I'm going to take that before you can take it. It might have squeaked in as my 10. I'm not sure. It have been close. Real simple game. You have a hand of cards. Uh, you pick up a card at the beginning and discard one in the middle of the table, which become open to the public, essentially, and you can draft out of there. And you're just only a, it, it's a very quick game. Because it depends on how many cards. It ends at a certain point when a number of cards are played on face up on the table, um, and then you just score based off of a bunch of different. Um, this wild different. Yeah, there's all different kinds of ways to score, and it's just a simple little card game. Uh, it goes really quick, and you know it's one of those games you want to just play and then play and then play. It's kind of weird too because you're like, you're trying to craft your hand. You're basically just comboing, you know, trying to combo cards together. Yeah, but it's a different style, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I really yeah. like it a lot. Yeah, Yeah. so on your turn, you basically you draw a card, and then you have to discard a card. That's how more cards pile up on the table when you hit yeah. a certain amount, the game ends. Or you're grabbing one of the face-up cards and adding it to your hand and then discarding a different one. Yeah. But yeah, it's a really good uh, hand-building combo game, and you're always just so close to getting that perfect hand. Never seems to happen, no. No, yeah. <laughs> but it's always fun to try. Yep. 
my number three is another dice drafting game, and this is one you did not like, but it was played with one half of the Wet Bandits, and it was he was playing interactively, so that could be an issue. That is Coimbra. Oh. Ah. That's right. So this game probably has the most interesting drafting for me, because when you draft a die... You're drafting based on its color, which gives you a different income, and you're drafting on its value, which means you have to pay more or less of a resource, which is coin or shields. Um, you're basically using these dice to draft cards, or basically get cards, which give you different abilities, points, move up on different tracks. Um, you can also move around on the board. I've talked about it a few different times. plays good at all player counts. Looks great. I suggest you check it out. And Tim, I suggest you try it again. Yeah, I tried again. I wasn't big on it. Yeah, I'd definitely like to try it again. But yeah, you were right. He was... The individual we were playing with just completely went for... There's a few... Not a lot. Some of the gray cards in there are... Uh, interact, like Ratty, yeah. however you want to take that type cards. I think he was going for every one of them. I think he got everyone too. So it's I'm sure he's snickering about it yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, I know we played it real late in the night too, but yeah, my number three, Coimbra. Okay. So my number three is Blood Rage, and it's the Viking theme. You're fighting and basically trying to score points before Ragnarok completely takes the world out. And in each age, you're going to draft your hand of cards. And those cards, you're basically crafting your strategy with them. So maybe you're going for the Loki strategy where you can... You can lose in battle and you yep, get points. You stuff. lose in battle and still gain points. But typically, when you win a battle, you gain points. So it's kind of that back and forth. You can also draft in that different monsters that you can bring onto the board and help fight with you. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's been a while since we've played it. So I'm looking forward to playing it again soon yeah i remember not really caring much for it but it's one of those dudes on a map just not my style of game yeah i thought it was okay um i was disappointed in it honestly that's because everyone was like goosenecking about the game and how great it was mm -hmm. and i just thought so throughout the game you get asymmetrical based on what you draft and it has i do really like the well, in that game, it's called Rage, I believe, that you spend mm -hmm. yeah. action points. Kind I, of like Cthulhu Wars and uh, Chaos. Chaos yeah. I'd rather just... When I played it, I was like, well, I'd rather just play Chaos in the Old World, Same. basically, because it's asymmetrical and it has that power that you're spending. I'd rather just play that. So, But yeah, it is a fine game, though. And that's my number three drafting game, Blood Rage. All right, my number three is by Blue Orange Games in 2017, and that is Queen Domino. Uh, Ryan already talked about it, and... For some reason, tend to like tile drafting a lot. Maybe it's just because they're chunkier than cards. It, and, it feels better, yeah. yeah, and like laying them out in front of you, and then you can kind of like look at it. Yep. You know, look at your own personal. And you feel satisfied with yeah. some of your areas, and you're like, ah, I really need to do something with this over here. I know the first time, first or second time you and me played, the black ones are the more rare ones. Oh and they yeah. Get a lot more crowns, and I think I let you get. Every single every one. single one of them, you scored like eighty or ninety points just off based of off of those. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's a quick game. It's I like it best with two, just because you get the bigger grid. Yeah, you you know 
Yep. But you can add King Domino into the game to make it so when you play with four players, you can build that 7x7 instead of 5x5. You can add all those tiles. So I'd like to do that, but it's like, do I want to buy King Domino just to get that? I've gone back and forth on that a lot. It's like, well, do I buy it just for the tiles? Will we play it enough at three or four players to make it worth it? But it is a lot more fun making that 7x7 grid, just doing that, playing the game longer. Agreed. It looks nice and everything. Not extravagant, but it's good. I really like this game. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. From what I remember. <laughs> My number two is a game with a drafting variant, and I would not want to play without that ever again. I believe it is coming up on Aaron's list. It's not coming up on Aaron's list. <laughs> He's giving me the He same. went with the purist. I disqualified it. Because it's a variant? Okay. Tim? Yeah, my number two is <laughs> Terraforming Mars. Okay, so yeah. I was wondering if it was... So we can kind of hodgepodge right. it together. It yeah. would have been. We've reviewed it. We've talked about it in other lists. But mm-hmm. after playing with the drafting, I, I would never play yeah. without it. Yeah, and that's exactly why I added it on here. Yeah, it's a variant, but I think that's the way the game needs to be played. Definitely. Where, you know, it, you don't rely on the luck of the draw... Yep. of what your hand's going to be for how you're going to play the game. You get to draft those cards, and that, that just... You get to see way more cards, and you can formulate that strategy and get stuff that you need yeah. so much easier. And initially, my concern was maybe it was going to add well, you know, a lot of playtime to it, but it really doesn't. Right. You know, We've played it enough now where we know the cards, we know the strategy we're going for, so we're just zipping right through it, and it, it seems like it's just natural. I think... When you do that, everyone's a little more efficient, and then you terraform the plan a little bit faster, and that cuts yeah, away the play it. time that the drafting would add to it. I think that's yeah. kind of negates each other. Yeah, that's a good take. Solid pick. <laughs> I would have picked it, but I could, I just, yeah, it didn't. I could see why, because it's, it's not the official. Because I could have put, like, Mombasa technically on here, too. Yeah. But didn't cut it. I understand. I Yeah. It hurt me to not put it on here. <laughs> so, I'll wait till Aaron goes. <laughs> well, I think I know your number one. I'm guessing but we probably have the same. I'm surprised Rising Sun isn't on your list. Because you're drafting, you know, the actions. You're passing them. Mm. Mm. It just, when I thought of drafting, Rising Sun wasn't one that really... Okay. That's all. I mean, even... Fantasy Realms might have made my list, but I, when I was going through... Yeah. So well, I'm just surprised because there's other games I didn't think of, like Ethnos yeah. and things like that. I mean, not knowing, thinking of them now, those games probably wouldn't have made it. It would have come really close, but I was thinking when you said Blood Rage, I know that's more in the game, but I was thinking well, he's definitely going to pick Rising Sun because you're picking your mandates is it called? Yeah. You're looking at them and then passing them to the next player that's yeah, and you know, I, again, because what I how I put the list together, I didn't just go to drafting and then just sort those out. What I do is I bring up every game I played on BGG, and I go through and okay, is that drafting? Yes or no? And then I I go from there. And for whatever reason, you know, Rising Sun, I I didn't. That probably would have been way up there for you. It yeah, it probably would have been. Didn't make my list. I did consider it, but yeah, and I didn't consider it. 
<laughs> I, I guess that like it is drafting, or you just I, uh, you considered it, but you didn't consider it. No. <laughs> yeah, and maybe I see it more as like an action selection. Yeah, yeah. in a sense, and I can see that. I'm just, you know, I'm surprised you didn't think of it basically, because I know it would have made your list. Yeah, if I would have, yeah. And I think it's because I I see it more as action selection, maybe. Just a random thought. So, anyways. We bundled your number two in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Unless you want me to... Okay. It's okay. (laughs) My number two has been mentioned by both of you. Uh, Mine's a a little higher for me. I probably haven't played it out like you guys have. I haven't played it out. Seven Wonders? Yeah. I'd still play that. Maybe that's just Tim. I'd still play it, but I just... <clears throat> I do really like it. These other ones are higher just because they're meatier. It's fair. I, I don't know why. I've always, this one just scratches an itch for me that is just... No, I really, really like it. I've always liked it, but I've never been like a super high on it either. Hmm. So I think maybe that's why. Yeah. It's the oldest game on my list, too. 2010. But I like every time it gets picked. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah, I can't say I have a bad player, but either... I know you guys, or you especially, I think, like it just base. Yeah. I Now, we only played with the... Uh, we played with the leaders a lot. We only played with cities once. I like both the expansions a lot. The only problem I have is it's kind of fiddly to set up then. That's mm-hmm. the only annoyance I have. Yeah, and the fiddly thing, I, what I've seen is because we don't know what the cities or what the leaders do... We it seems like we take a lot of time looking through quite enough looking through the the rule book trying to figure mm-hmm. out okay what is what does this card do or yeah, what is what, this what's this new symbol that we haven't yeah. seen before right so I we do actually we do play it quite often but I would like to actually play it more mm-hmm. and that way we're used to more of the symbology and then we can add those expansions in more mm-hmm. often because I really did like. I like the leaders a lot, and we kind of have that down now. There's a couple leaders we're always not sure what they do, yeah. but I'd like to play with cities quite a bit more. Yeah. So, anyways, sorry. No, that's my number two, Seven Wonders. Far out? Far out, man. <laughs> um, my number one, and uh, Tim, your number one, I'm guessing, is another civilization yes. building game through the ages. Very long. Um, it's an amazing game. I am... Yeah. I really want to get this play. I've been thinking about this the last few months. Like, I want to play this so bad. I, I got to say, I am so grateful for the app. Because at least it... It'll give you that... It scratches the itch. It doesn't... It's not the same. You know, when you sit down at the table... Yeah. And you play this for a couple hours, it... I mean, you know it. It feels good. The app... You can play it under an hour. You can play an entire game. You can play against a computer, so you can get games out really quick. Yep, all your friends, you can kind of... Yep, pass and play online, whatever. So it's great in that respect, but as far as tabletop goes, it's it's incredible. I've been itching so bad lately. I've like, <laughs> want to get this played. It's, it's hard, but every time game day comes up and it's like my turn to pick, it's like one of those that I'm like, I really want to pick it. I'm really excited for the expansion that is coming out. It adds new leaders and wonders. It'd be really fun yeah. to see what those do. Yeah, and at, at, I mean, right now, I'd have to look to see how many plays I have of it. But I don't feel like it's played out as far as oh no, you know what I mean. So I, I not don't, at all. 
I don't think it really needs the expansion, but I can't wait for the expansion. I'm probably, I'm probably okay. <laughs> On the table, I probably play. I'd have to look, but five times, maybe seven times. Yeah, I'm guessing. Right, yeah. <laughs> On the app, I've probably played two hundred games, like easily, <laughs> maybe even three hundred. Now with other people, I've probably played twenty games maybe okay. or so. But then the app has these. It has a regular game and different difficulties, but it has these challenges where the whole game you're fighting or going against Churchill or you start with less military, just all sorts of different mm -hmm. challenges that change up the game, and you really have to use different strategies and try to solve it each time. So I went through until I completed all those challenges, and I tell you, some of those challenges <laughs> are really, really hard. It got to a point where basically 10 minutes into the game, I could tell if I had a chance of winning, and I'd just start over if I knew I had no oh, chance. Okay. <laughs> but it really gives me that Sid, uh, Sid Meier feel even though it's just a card game now there's obviously some negatives it's very heavy takes a long time to play it's a beast to learn and then it's also a beast to play good especially if you're playing against experienced players which i think aaron's biggest detriment is for him is he's not experienced enough with the game where he felt competent playing it other than that i love everything about this game yeah that's my biggest negative is that because it's so long and so heavy that if you start off and you're doing bad in the first or second age, you're going to be there for quite a while. Yeah. You can come Get, back, but you have to be experienced to know yeah. how to come back. Right. But so. if you're getting beat down... You can have some sour plays. It, it really feels like you're getting beat down. The old sour grout. Yep. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just jonesing to get this yeah. played again. And it's so tense, too, because all of a sudden you see someone move up on the military track, and then everyone else tries everyone to like just, jump up there quick. Yeah, and, and it's you'll like, have some times where they get Napoleon, and then they have some cards in their hand, and they just pop up like yep. 20 military, and you're just like, don't attack me, don't attack me, don't attack me. You know, you're hoping they attack the other guy or yep. declare a war on them or something. But there's so much strategy and depth. And yeah. getting It's kind of like Twilight Struggle where you really want to get to know those cards mm -hmm. and what's in the deck to be able to play well yeah. and get better enjoyment out of the game. Aaron, how do you feel about it? I like a lot of <laughs> aspects about the game. I like that you have your military actions and your political actions and different leaders can manipulate that a little bit. Um, the card rows fine. It costs a little more for the newer cards, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, yeah, that we didn't explain the drafting. And it was basically a row out there. <laughs> you spend some of your civil actions to draft cards that are... Yeah, civil actions, yeah. Um, but... <laughs> it equates well to the computer game, where even in that game, I really like, like the first half, and then it just... Peter's off for me. Yeah, I don't know. It, is, it might just be that inexperience that, you know, I'm playing against someone who played the app game 250 <laughs> times. I, I, I never said out. I was good, though. It's just... <laughs> and I've played, like, three, maybe four. Yeah. So when, it's got quite the curve to it. When I do play on the table, I don't play nearly as well. <laughs> I, like... Is it, is it because you the computer takes care of all the upkeep? There's that, but when I'm playing it, 
I don't really notice or care about the upkeep. It's basically I overanalyze when I'm playing because I take my time. I can take as long as I want. Yeah. Where when I'm playing in person, I don't want to sit there forever, you know, thinking about what I want to do. And I'm like, oh, I made a stupid mistake. Why did I do that? Yeah. But right. I think the game's all right. But it's just when you like you were saying, Tim, you took basically what I exactly what I was going to say. If you're doing bad, you're going to do bad for a very long time, mm-hmm. unless. You're super good at the game, and you can come back somehow. <laughs> I don't see that possible, but <laughs> so I had the same thing with those Civ, uh, Sid Meier's Civilization games, where like I love the first half, and then as soon as you got to a certain point where you just had to manage too many cities, and it just kind of like you're done with it. It's just like yeah. oh, I'm going to start again, you know? Right. I like the building. I don't like the finality. Yeah. In this one, I really like the tension near the end of the game because not all the time, but sometimes it's so close or you want to get that wonder and build it to score a bunch of points. Yeah. But, yeah. So, did we just have a dual win for our ones and two? We had a, yep, we had a <laughs> duo dual win on our ones and twos. All right. Aaron doesn't know what he's talking about. That's right. <laughs> so we don't usually agree on a whole lot. There's something. Yeah, I know. I think when we don't agree, we... We really just yeah, butt heads and yeah, make a big deal about it. Yeah. We'll make a big deal about nothing. <laughs> so can you guess what my number one is? Through the ages? <laughs> He'd rather play Sagrada 72 times than one game of Through the Ages. <laughs> I should say Tides of Madness 72 times. Yeah, that could, that could probably that could actually, actually happen. Yeah. Especially if you're teaching somebody new. You're number one. Sure. Said Seven Wonders. Has he played Seven Wonders? He cool? lied. This is Terraforming Mars. Called Adventure? Yeah. <laughs> is that a drafting game? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could see his frown. Like, just, no, no, no. It sure isn't. <laughs> Give us a little bit of a hint here. Yeah. Uh, abstract. Oh, Azul, stained glass. Okay. Oh, gosh. How do we not think of that? I don't know. I even mentioned it before we started recording. I was like, Azul's... Oh, we're dumb. I was like, even abstracts can be drafting games like Azul. <laughs> I'm surprised you'd like that one that much, actually. I've been playing it a lot more. And on you? Okay. I mean, I just... For how quick and simple it is. Have you played regular Azul? Or has it been stained glass each time? No, he said he was going to get rid of it. I didn't say that. <laughs> but I have been playing, and in this game you're crafting windows, essentially, that Pacedon theme. Now, what kind of adhesive does this game use? <laughs> Is it like some... Uh... Spit. <laughs> okay. It can dry, but it's going to come right off. It's <laughs> dry. <laughs> Yeah, it won't stick very long. No, no, no. <laughs> so it takes Azul and just adds another level to it, and I like the look of it a little better. Player board can be a little fiddly with the uh, picking up and turning them over, removing them from the game, but it, uh, that doesn't detract from the game. It's a really good game. Very simple, uh, quick to play. The components are super nice, and yeah, I just really like it. I'll tell you what. I'd be willing to trade Gugong for regular Azul if you want. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Breaking news. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I know I'll still get to play Gugong. And I'll probably, well, I don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you pick Azul, I'll play it. Yeah, that's fine. It's a fine game. 
That's kind of crazy that we just reviewed it and you're trading it by the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's one and all still see. Well, he rates them pretty equally. Yeah, I think I, it's just, the same rating, but I know Sarah will, my wife will likely enjoy Azul, but if not, I'll still get to play Dugong. It's still in the group. Right. Yeah. So you're not really losing it. Yeah, it, if I liked it a lot, I won, obviously. Cause, I mean, yeah. You'll so. just have more opportunity to play it then because it'll be at your house. Yeah. Wow. Interesting developments. On-air trading. Let us know if that was a good trade in the comments. Who's winning? Probably Aaron because he's got Sanglass, Sentra. Yeah. But if he didn't have that, who's winning this trade? Yeah, just a straight-up trade. Anyways, my honorable mention was uh, Sushi Go Party. I already mentioned that. Yeah. You guys both had it. Tim? I honestly did not even put any. I I would probably say um, Fantasy Realms because I didn't even think of it. Aaron? Uh, I didn't really have a good one for a replacement. I would have liked to put Terraforming Mars on my list, but... Okay. I didn't count it. I guess the next closest thing would be Concordia. And I'm not a huge fan of that game. Get out of here with that. <laughs> you don't like Concordia? Who doesn't like Concordia? He's not, he said before he's not very good at it. So he doesn't feel. <laughs> that's one that we don't play enough. Yeah. That's I really like it every true. time, but. I disagree with that. <laughs> I think we play it just book. enough. <laughs> And what I keep hearing is people love the the new version, too. I don't see that. I mean, I, I don't know until I play it, yeah. but it just seems funky. But I really liked, we only played it once, that Salsa expansion, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. It needs to be played more. Yep, I agree. Uh, maybe we can talk one of the Wet Bandits into picking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a pick coming up. Yeah. Ones I've never played, but I would really like to. Uh, one is Bunny Kingdom. Oh, uh, yeah. We yeah. tried demoing that at uh, Origins, but... Uh, no one wanted to teach us. No one and... wanted to teach us the game <laughs> a couple <laughs> times. Hovered around and... Yep. I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't blame them. Well, one of them was in the... Uh, it wasn't in the, you know, the demo area. It was in the, the yellow booth where I think you had to get tickets to oh, play okay. it, I think. But... And another one is Madeira. That is a very heavy, heavy Euro game. Hmm. Um, there's a lot more to it as well, but you do draft dice and doing different things with them. So you are big on those dice drafting games. I really like dice worker placement, dice drafting. I like that a lot. That and it kind of surprises me that uh, was the one you had early on. You and Sarah played, and then you traded it away. Dice drafting, or I think it was dice placement. Was it Kingsbird? Oh, I just played that with my dad and brother. It yeah. was a, so there's a, it's lighter, but I still liked it. The one thing I didn't like is it felt like there was just one build that would win the game. Like there was just one strategy and it was better than the others. Uh, Likely I'm wrong. Didn't play it enough to, hmm. but it just felt that way. Hmm. Where each time we'd play it, whoever was, yeah. It's been so long since... Yeah, I played that. that but was, I did really like the uh, dice placement in that a lot. So I guess one honorable mention that I was kind of surprised. Well, maybe you guys don't see us drafting either, but um, Splendor. 
really see that as drafting. Okay. I mean, I guess. Because you got all the cards laid out, right? And you're kind of, you're building your engine up and you're cashing in, or you're not even cashing in, you're basically selecting yeah, I mean, it. Yeah. I mean, Through the Ages is the only one where you really have to pay anything. So, I mean, in that, in Splendor, you have to pay stuff to take this, take it. That's yeah. why I don't. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, if I had considered it, okay. I probably would have made my list, for sure. But as far as a game that I want to play with drafting, uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit before, but that's uh, 51st State. So, real similar to Imperial Settlers, but uh, just a different theme and kind of like to see how that works. I would say I would like to play Coimbra again, just to get a better feel for it. Maybe the three of us. <laughs> you know. I think your number two should be Santa Maria because I think you'd really like it. <laughs> I'll take that into account. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps up our top ten drafting games. It does. It does. So before we... Next? Well, I'm going to ask you. What do you want to draft up about? You got, uh, you got anything else you want to... What have we been playing lately or anything like that? Yeah. So, last game day, we played Dinosaur Island with the Totally Liquid expansion. I don't think either of you guys played that. No, I didn't. Nope. I really liked it. Talked a little bit about Dinosaur Island. So, there's three different phases. But with the Totally Liquid expansion added, is it basically gave you a corporation which has its own special ability, way to score points, just different things like that. Um, you also have a specialized uh, worker. I can't remember what it's technically called. But he basically has his own powerful special ability you can use throughout the game. But he can also be used as a scientist, I think. I can't exactly remember, but I really liked the expansion. added more dinosaurs, um, aquatic ones, which... They are vastly different from the base game ones where they have different threat levels and victory points and other things where the base game ones were all pretty similar, just mildly different. These ones change it up quite a bit. It's only my second play, but I'm really liking this game, and that expansion just solidified it a little bit more. And we played the long game, and it wasn't even didn't feel any longer at all. That's probably because we had all played it once, so it was. I'd always want to play the long game. Hmm. It's a good one. Tim, you're going to like it, I think. I'm sure I will. If I ever get to play it. It's a dinosaur game you should have got. (laughs) (laughs) He got it before I even had... uh, You could have backed it instead of the other one. Yeah. I could have. Should have. So before Tim talks about it, (laughs) last game day we played Gaia Project. And uh, that was highlight of game day for me. It was a good game. I would definitely like to try it some more, different factions. There's a lot going on, and I think the more you play it, the more the better you're going to get, and the better the game's going to get, but it was already a solid game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had... Brian and I played it. We talked about it before in the podcast, but it was mm-hmm. late. wasn't a great first play, but yeah, this second play was so much better than the first one. I can't wait to get it back out. Yeah. It makes me wonder if Terra Mystica totally gets rid of this game or not. Because I, when I first saw Gaia Project, I'm like, uh, I want to play it, but it's got that space, like it looks like conquest theme yeah. to it, and I'm not big on that. 
typically, but it worked well in this one. I wasn't like attacking you guys, and I, that's generally what I don't like about those yeah and space games. <clears throat> I, I figured you'd you'd gear more towards this style of game because, mm-hmm. like you said, it doesn't have it. It is space exploration, but it doesn't have the combat. Mm-hmm. You the only thing that you do is maybe you might block somebody right. by doesn't have the exterminate right. right. And a lot of times, if you if you can build on a planet easily, maybe I can't, so I'm not going to overspend to be able to build on this planet. So there's almost no interaction in that respect. Yeah. Typically not. There can be. Don't get me wrong. But I think it might go super long with more players. I don't know how many it plays up to. Just four. Just four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that probably isn't too There's a ton too much of factions of you can play. Did you guys yeah. play with three or four? Three. Okay. It was good. It was a solid length for that. We all were learning the game, too. Well, yeah. two of us, anyways. And, yeah, it was really, it was really fun. Yeah. yeah, I look forward to getting a good play in under my belt. Yeah. yeah. Excited. I think you're going to really like it, too. I do, too. Oh, yeah. I think it's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. With your Tiramisco question, I think it's kind of split online. I think a lot of people say that there's a few things they like better. I mean, obviously, Gaia Project looks better to most people. They prefer the look of the board or the plastic compared to the wooden bits. Sure. But there's a few things like with the tech technology, tech tracks, and then the, uh, the power bowls. During, I can't remember what it's called. And, um, it's just project. power. Okay. Yeah. But I think they said that's a little bit better too, how that's utilized. But I think it's kind of split somewhat what people like more than others. So I don't think one necessarily fires the other. So right. I would be interested in trying Terramistica as well if you pick it up. <laughs> so I'm hoping you do. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as for me, for recent games, uh, we recently played Root. That was a new one. That was our first play of it. I played the Eerie Dynasty, I believe. It's the birds. So basically, I'm um, kind of selecting cards to put into my decree, and then I have to take those actions. And if I can't take those actions, my leader gets overthrown, I take negative points, that kind of thing. Um, But all of us, we all have different play styles, every faction, and then we're, we're all going towards the same goal of 30 points. Whoever gets 30 points wins the game. Uh, I like the look of the game. Uh, I I enjoyed my first play, so I guess we'll see kind of how things play out. I think it was the, the Woodland Alliance was the one that won it, and you know we were all learning the game, so we weren't really getting in each other's way. And I think that's kind of how we catapulted up in one. But you know we'll see with more plays and kind of go from there. I don't know if you were too high on it, though. I think that this game would be all right if you played with the same four people and everyone played each faction at least twice. So you really understood how the game works works to really be competitive. But otherwise, meh. That'd be really hard with how we have things going. I, I think, though, you should have played the faction that Michael had. I know the raccoon. He, he wasn't big on it at all either. Yeah. He didn't really like it. Because I, I know you don't like area control attacking. Mm-hmm. The Vagabond, they're, they're 
they almost don't attack while you can, while you're basically adventuring, crafting items, getting items from other players. Mm-hmm. So I, after we were playing and after we got done, I thought of that, that that should have been the faction you went with, because I think that's kind of fits your playstyle. Maybe that's something that you could work on with game etiquette, setting him up better with a playstyle he would have enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to know your players. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's it. You still I, don't see it as an issue. No, it's not an issue. No, <laughs> I, I would try it again. I think I would definitely like it more than, or I'm more of a chance of liking it than Aaron and probably my brother, Michael. But after seeing the reactions, I'm not too excited to try it out, but I still want to. Mm. And I still... It looks I, cutesy. <laughs> so it's on your 10 for 10. Do you think you'll get 10 plays then? I really doubt it, but I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> if you pick it every one of your game days, you'll have to see if you get 10 more picks this year. Yeah. I've heard some people do enjoy it as well at 2. So I might... Because even it says in the rule books, if you play at 2, 3, or 4, you know what factions, factions you, you pick. So yeah. you play with the, the cats and the birds, and they kind of... Sure. each other so i might try that too sometime teach my wife see what she thinks about it so i'm excited but very apprehensive to try that's, it out now. i got a question for you guys i have an example but I, I i can probably let you guys go first okay <laughs> is there a game that you want to try that you are want to buy want to try but you're intimidated by oh like tons Anyone in particular? Um, well, I think I know what yours is. I'm guessing Feudum. That is correct. But that one does look awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I know I'm going to get one this year. I made up my mind. My first Vital Lacerda game is all, are all heavy, and I'm either going to back on Mars on Kickstarter, and if I'm not feeling it, I'm just going to get the Gallerist. Mm. I really like... Kanban too, that looks really interesting to me, but I think Eagle is going to get the rights to that and do their own Kickstarter in a year or two. But anyways, that is probably my number one, but there is a lot others too, I can't quite think of offhand, but that definitely... Hmm. I mean, now after playing, I have, I've always been interested in trying Terra Mystica, and... Obviously, even after buying Gaia Project... You wouldn't really be intimidated by that now, though. Well, not, that's what I'm getting to. Now, after playing Gaia, not really intimidated by it because they're so similar. So, uh, I mean, one of them, and I, I kind of heard it might have had some issues with it, was uh, the U.S. Civil War by GMT Games. So it, it's supposed to kind of... GMT Games. I know. I'm going to keep, bell. I'm gonna oh, keep yeah. hammering it. <laughs> but... It's supposed to cover you know, the entire Civil War, but I heard it might be kind of hard to win with yeah. uh, with one side. Um, but just massive game, and I think you would like it too because it's Civil War. Um, but I don't know how often it would get played. You know, I don't know. It's 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 one of those intimidating ones. I think my other top one would be an 18xx game. Uh, they're really, really heavy, really, really long economic games. They're s- 
stock market games, just different things like that. Generally, they're train games, too. There's things that really, really interest me about it, but I really have no idea if I'd like it, and that's probably another game. Hmm. There's so many in that genre, but one of those games, like Steam, Age of Steam, something... So, you know, the intimidating factor for me is, you know, if you got Feudum and you taught it and oh, we played fine. it, I, I wouldn't be that apprehensive. But, you know, your first <laughs> rule book, that's uh, oh, <laughs> I've I've gotten better at teaching yeah. some of these games that are more medium weight, but or You're light to medium way up. And I'm getting there. But I, that's like a very heavy game that I think looks really cool. And I like those like sideboards that are. Yeah. And but I just I'm going to mess up every single rule. That's what I'm, I'm intimidated about. Uh, it's not you, though. I mean, there's people that know heavier games and they're scared off. They're scared of that one. Because, yeah, I mean, with the way you're doing it, though, it works good because you're gradually getting yourself more comfortable with heavier games, reading the rule books, teaching them. Just doing it helps, you know, get you more mm-hmm. experienced and comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I think Feudum, the artwork is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, the miniatures that are there look really cool. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I got for you guys. I recently played uh, Raiders of the North Sea with both expansions, and that was my first play. It was a tad overwhelming, I guess, with all the different tracks and different things that was going on with the expansions, but once I started playing, it wasn't hard at all. It was, you know, pretty easy to catch on to. I liked it. I didn't like the place a worker, pull a worker as much as I thought I would. I still didn't mind it. I was fine with it, but it sounded more interesting than when it actually was in practice for me. Yeah. Um, I still like the game, and I look forward to playing it again. We also noticed a little mittens. Yes. In the game. <laughs> so I think it's supposed to be ale. Or mead, yeah, it's mead. Mead. And like like little little gloves, little orange I, gloves. I saw gloves. I'm like, what are the gloves? <laughs> I don't know why they went with orange. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the part of the problem. Right, but mittens of the North Sea. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be smitten. So, yeah, that is that. Um, I recently played, uh, last game day, The Hairless Cat, Blackout Hong Kong. Oh. Still really good. Still really enjoy it. Dune is getting reprinted by Gale Force 9. That's an older game that people have just been going berserk for, and they're pumped. Uh, I think there's a new movie coming out, too. Yeah, and I kind of heard that. Isn't that kind of why they're... they're I'm not sure. I didn't look a whole lot. I just know people have just been going bonkers. (laughs) Get excited, so... Didn't that game originally come out in, like, uh, 79? Yeah, it's, yeah. That's crazy. Teotihuacan, or Teotihuacan. Um, I finally played a third time and played it correctly. Mm-hmm. So I basically, at the end, let's say you got a three-player game, at the end of the third, when the third player takes their action, you're supposed to advance the eclipse marker move closer to an eclipse mm-hmm. and I wasn't doing that so it was just moving when we had ascensions so it took longer than it should have obviously but the game would end after basically one and basically halfway into the second eclipse because we'd finished building the pyramid before yeah so I attribute that to uh, poor reading skills as well as being <laughs> super tired when reading the rule book and then I finally looked back and I was like oh okay 
this makes a lot more sense. I still really enjoyed it, playing it the other yeah. way. It just took longer than what have been you were able to accomplish more. Now you can't accomplish nearly as much, but it's really good. Really liking it. Okay. I, um, I'm not sure what to think about this next game, a new game that I played, and that is Fireball Island, mm. the new version. I know what to think. Curse of Volcar. Yeah. So. <laughs> Trash. No, I'm just. I, I don't know, cause so I, I'd have fun playing. I think I haven't played it, but I think it'd be a fun. Yeah, color. and I, I played with my kids, so maybe that was part of it. But it it's it it really has that table presence. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, it looks awesome. People are gonna stop and go. What is this? Yeah, and and that's exactly what it is, and. You know, you're kind of moving around. Um, we didn't play, you know, 100% by the rules because my kids are kind yeah. of younger. So maybe that was part of it. I don't... If I got a chance to play it again with, like, our group, I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't... Right now, I wouldn't go out and, like, Buy search. It, this, right. Yeah. Um, We're at so, a convention or something, and it's set up. So people are playing it, jump yeah. in, play yeah. it. So I, I'm kind of unsure yet about it so luke cold i don't know if i'd be luke cold warmish one i was curious about i know you have played it before aaron you just played it uh australia mm. oh yeah what was your thoughts played that with a z with a z australia not what i expected in a good way or a bad way in a luke <laughs> <laughs> He almost said bad, and then he, said yeah. he went to Luke. I don't know if it was just one of the guys we played with was like, I'm not attacking anything, and, like, you got to attack. <laughs> and he it, it didn't for, like, a while. Yeah, until, like, the very end, when it, they absolutely had to. Yeah, until he got his airship, and he's like, bomb, 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 bomb. It was very okay. I thought there would be something else going on in there, and there just wasn't. Right. Yeah. So, Tim, have you been backing anything on Kickstarter lately? I think you have been. Spill the beans. <laughs> I, I have been because it was a game that we talked about. Uh, I don't remember the episode. I think it was about – I think it was the, the genie. genie. The I genie think it was games. the genie because it's a game that I wanted to get and I almost got when it first came out and then I didn't get. It was out of print. But they finally brought it back to Kickstarter and that's Carnival Zombie. So I'm interested to see what that game's about now. You know, mm. Probably get my grubby mess. Well, do you know what it's about? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, you don't know well, what it's about, and you just backed it. Like, I just blindly backed it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I did. Backer day one. I, I was actually not a day one backer. I I heard it came out because I followed like the thread for the original uh, yeah. where they were supposed to announce it. So I missed it. I didn't check it for a couple weeks, whatever, and all of a sudden, boom, it's on Kickstarter. But... I went back and I watched a couple of videos of the original, and there were a couple of videos out um, for the new edition, the second edition. I think Man vs. People did one in Rado. Mm-hmm. So I went through and watched those and um, read kind of what people were thinking about it. So I, then I eventually hopped on. I think it runs, well, when this episode airs, it's still running, I think, until like the 18th of April, if I remember right. So. That's a long Kickstarter. It is, yeah. 
Hmm. Yeah, I was going to bring it up. You beat me to it. Oh, yeah. I had it written down in pencil. Yeah. <laughs> not, Slightly delible. Not with yeah. your brand new dueling games pen? No. Okay. And they're not for sale either yet, so... <laughs> don't even think about asking. <laughs> if you really want one, you can email ryan.duelinggamespen. <laughs> um, a new game that I played... And I'm I'm really I'm interested to play it again, and I'm really interested okay, to hear. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I'm interested to hear Aaron's thoughts on it, and that is Call to Adventure. We've talked about it a lot of this on the show. It's been hyped up. Aaron's been going just. Ballistic. I don't I don't know if you want to spoil it yet because we're going to be reviewing it very soon. We can give our initial impressions. Look forward to that conversation on episode nine. Are you still happy it's on your ten for ten? My ten by ten. Doesn't involve you guys, so. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> Mr. Snoot over that, That's here. why my list was the Harder way. Harder than it appears. It's because I have to play it with at least Terran. That's why oh, your list okay. is equal to ours, because you have that stipulation. I think it would have been equal before the changes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have anything else? That's all I got, unless someone has anything else to talk about, which I would be fine on. I did get out one of my older classics at game day. You guys will be pumped to know Thunder Alien. Yeah, I heard about it's... that. <laughs> Glad I left. Yeah. It. So I didn't play it with any of you guys. Mm-hmm. You didn't play it with the people who you'd played it with it before that didn't like it. Right. And the other two guys, they... They seem to be on my side. They liked it. I could see Marv, one half of the Wet Bandits, really liking it. Yep. Ham had he doesn't really not it. like... Yeah, him and Ham had don't really mm-hmm. dislike anything so far that we know of. Mm-hmm. They might secretly hate a lot of the games. But yeah, I'd kind of be us. interested to hear what they'd actually say. <laughs> as, as far as games they don't like. <laughs> oh, okay, other not, games. Okay. <laughs> what I was going to say, I, I don't really care what they say about that. It's bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that. Oh, that's such a... I'm thinking you only did pick it because I wasn't there. Like, I don't think you would be mean enough to pick it when I had to play. Because so, you know I would just leave. <laughs> Maybe. We, uh, we were playing Teotihuacan. I walked up there to see what they were playing. I saw it was Thunder Alley and, like, almost vomited and ran down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd give him the old Johnny. <laughs> no, he took off running. He yeah, Johnny was, yeah. Yeah. But no, it was it was a good play. I I've aside from the full player comp game we played, other than that I've I've enjoyed every play that we've had, so You only played it once. I don't want it was so bad. <laughs> I would I'd rather play Nightfall because I know Nightfall can get over in an hour. And I'll play it for gaming yeti. We we could play Thunder. <laughs> we can. He was big on it. He's, he's, he's he was huge. calling me out. Oh, <laughs> Like I'm he's all on, yeah, he's like, I'm on Tim's side. I'm on his side. <laughs> Team Tim? <laughs> yep. yep. But, but I would rather play Nightfall because I know it's shorter. And while I didn't like the game, the experience was just awful in Thunder Alley for me. So I got a question for you then. Now, time is probably going to be a factor in your decision here. Would you rather play Thunder Alley or Suro? Suro. Just because of time. Because you've okay, done so in one, 20 minutes. One game of Thunder Alley or 10 games of Suro? I'd yeah. Suro. Okay. 
I got that because I know you hate it. I, okay, I <laughs> I don't. You're like, like it's just a bad game. <laughs> it's okay for what it is, but it's it's to me, Suro isn't really a game. It's just kind of oh, put your thing out and just see where it goes. Ten Thank games you. of that. I'd rather play that than really? Thunder Rally. Like if you take the same amount of play time, I'm saying yeah. Thunder mm-hmm. Rally and Suro, I'd take Suro. Mm. What would you rather play? Uh, one game of Thunder Rally or what else do you hate? Uh, one game of Thunder Rally or back to back games of Twilight Imperium and Through the Ages. Oh God. <laughs> That's like a day and a half. <laughs> so that's a f- entire day of those two games, or you have to answer the question. One game of Thunder Rally. Yeah, I'd rather play the two. Really? Okay. Yeah. I've only played Twilight Imperium once. Didn't like it. Took too long, but you found some enjoyment. <laughs> it looked good. <laughs> it at least had that going for it. Thunder Rally's got nothing. We 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 are obviously probably. Playing up how bad Thunder Rally <laughs> is a little bit, but it was like in my mind, like everything was just wrong with that one game. So then it's just it's like one of those fish tales that people tell. <laughs> it just you know, keeps getting bigger keep, and bigger, yeah, yeah. building yeah. and building type of thing. Yeah, I had to throw it out there because I knew you guys would react the way you did. So, would you rather play one game of Hansa or three games of Sagrada? Probably three games of Sagrada. Would you rather play one game of Hansa Teutonica or three games of Mountains of Madness? Honestly, Mountains of Madness. Oh. No, and here's why. Because, yeah, it's not a good game. But the moments that you had, the best part of the game is getting Madness cards. So that that would at least be entertaining. It wasn't really entertaining. It's more entertaining than Hansa. Yeah, I suppose. Than any play on them. I remember demoing that at Origins and even the guy with us wanted to leave. Yeah, none of us like <laughs> really wanted to after a little while we all were just kinda like can we just like end this? We didn't even finish, we left. And then I like how we were leaving and people were like, Oh, Mountains of Madness, how is that one? And Aaron's like, Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good, it's fun. And I'm thinking, You didn't even like it, why are you telling these people it's really good and fun? <laughs> like I just like ruining other people's good time. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yes. Yeah. Basically, the first turn, someone has one of their madness cards, and then after that, I feel like that the gimmick is done. After that, I feel like just that gimmick could be put into a little party game, just a little quick party game, and that'd be fine. You don't need all this other stuff going on in there. Yeah, we don't need any of it. <laughs> I'd still play it over Hanzo. Fair enough. To go back to your question. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys are giving me those eyes now. Are you backing anything on Kickstarter? I am not. Um, shortly after the episode airs, I may be backing on Mars. Hmm. What about you? Yeah, well, the Kickstarter will be over pretty quick here. Or will be over by the time you're listening to this. Paladins of the West Kingdom. Yeah. Nice. That, look, that looks great. That's the second game in the West Kingdom line. In this the, one being Architects of the yeah. West Kingdom. Yep. Yeah, that one looks cool. It looks like it has even more going on than Architects. That's right. kind of what I heard. I really like the Paladin mechanic in the beginning. Or okay, every, yeah. every round, well, you, you draw, draw the three. That's like your... 
I don't know if you know about mm-hmm. it. You draw your three paladins. Uh, they're like the people you're using that turn. And you okay. pick one. And then you put one on top of your deck and you put one on the bottom. And every turn you're drawing right. three paladins. Picking one. Put one on top, one on the bottom of the deck. Mm. So the one at the bottom you'll likely not see for the rest of the game. Yeah. that's That was pretty cool. See, Valley of the Kings Premium Edition. I saw that in Big Box or something like that. I'm like, I saw it on the hotness. I'm like, why is this on? <laughs> like, I like the game, but I never would have expected it to hop up that far. But yeah. I guess it's just that cult of the new. Yep. It being premium. It being the premium edition. Uh, I, don't, out there. I don't know how I'm going to pronounce it. Uh, Namiji. It's supposed to be kind of like really similar to... Uh, Takedo. It's by the same people and everything. Yeah. So really, yep. Mm. You're excited for it. I'm not excited. I'm just. Oh, you just saw it. Yeah, I saw it. I thought okay. it'd be interesting, especially because we just reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that I'm sure people are excited about. I don't know if I am or not, but uh, Legendary is putting out James Bond. Legendary. How many? There's a there's a lot. They're doing a lot of pasting over there, aren't they? Yeah. There's a lot of. No, slapping the little glue tabs on there, and <laughs> trying to make them stick. They have different pull tabs. No, obviously I love the legendary system, but there's a lot of them that I have not looked into or explored that much. But I mean, obviously that game system's doing that well for them, where they're able to put, you know, not only everything million expansions out, but they're you know different. Maybe it'll start doing worse, so they stop. <laughs> come out with a new system for some of these games. Maybe. Really make them thematic. Not that some of them aren't. <laughs> I don't know, even know where I'm going with this. Yeah, I don't know. And I, you know, I don't know what it adds. I don't know if it's... I don't think it's Encounter's version either. I think it's just the base legendary. So if you're into James Bond, maybe that's... I'm not even sure what movies it, it'll cover either. Because there's a ton. Oh, there'll be expansion after expansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pangea looks pretty cool. I don't know a ton about it, but it it's you're a particular species, and there's like the world's gonna end essentially, and you are adapting and changing the environment and fighting each other. So I don't know if it's like super area control because then I probably won't like it as much. But if it's not area control and there's that interactive, he won't like it so much. Right. (laughs) And but the the idea interests me. And the pictures they have of the components so far look nice, and the map looks nice, because obviously it's Pangea, yeah. which that speaks to me. That's all I have. All right, everyone. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, ask us something, and we can talk about it on the show. Email us at dualwindgames at gmail.com. If you're on BoardGameGeek, join our guild. That is boardgamegeek.com slash guild slash 3471. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dual Win Games. So, Tim, why don't you draft out some ideas for us to uh, go over on our next episode? On Episode 9's Table Talk, we will discuss Cult of the New. We review Great Western Trail in Call to Adventure. And we finally learn if it lives up to the hype that Aaron has put on it. And we go over our top 10 party filler games. <laughs>